everybody, Hello. and welcome to the podcast. It's not just the podcast. It's the Macaw Podcast Universe. You got that right, and I'm glad you clarified that, Jordan. We are a very specific podcast, and we do a specific thing. What is we that thing? We only exist for one reason. Is that to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals? Uh-huh. And today, we're finishing up Back to the Future. Yes. And we're going to be testing that theory. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Um, and we brought some of our favorite guests. Now, I realized this the other day. The first time Jeremy and Dan Eden were on this podcast was Jurassic Park 3. And then Dan guested on our Spider-Man No Way Home, which is a third movie in a trilogy. And now here we are, and Dan is on another third episode. Jeremy has broken that because his second yeah. appearance was Batman v Superman. But True. it is your third <laughs> appearance. You're you're rounding out Back to the Future 3. 3, 3, 3. That's it for me, guys. This is it <laughs> after this one. And, and hey, what do 3, 3, and 3 make? 9, 9, 90. I mean, wow, 90 under 90, which is a great Beautiful. plug for the great oh, podcast. There you go. It's just every everything in my life now revolves around multiples of three or nine. It's like the number 23 with Jim Carrey. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, exactly. Except, yeah. You guys play saxophone? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. No, no, true story. I played saxophone in fifth grade uh, for like, you know, sign up for band. Uh-huh. My parents bought me the saxophone and then I quit after fifth grade because I got tired of carrying it to school once a week. <laughs> true kind of story. a case for a fifth grader. True story. Alto sax, not that big. <laughs> like, oh, okay. and, 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 and this is, and of course, Bill Clinton inspired you to take up sax, right, Jerry? Yes, it was. It was uh, the president of the United States himself, William Jefferson Clinton. Perfect. That's Perfect. Uh, inspired. No. And you um, know what? That's I great. No you're, you're talking about history because what is Back to the Future if not our history as a country? Mm. Well, I buy all of it. I mean, every, every it's all historically accurate, yep. and uh, and uh, yeah, all that happened. There is a town called Hill Valley, real things. Yep. Clock Tower. Yep. Uh, yeah, everybody's uh, got Fr- frisbees. Genuinely ZZ learned top. about that. ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. So you you two have you know because we have texted many a time. We've had many conversations that haven't even been recorded, folks, and we. Uh, it seems like you you two are both pretty big Back to the Future guys, so I would love I would love to hear your Back to the Future story. Uh, Jer, well, I mean, I was born in '85 at the very tail end of it, uh, so you know this movie has always existed in my life, um, and I don't remember. The first time I was exposed to it, but I'm sure it was right around, you know, four or five, just when we, you know, when you're old enough to comprehend movies, Mm -hmm. Uh um, probably around, you know, 89 or 90. Um, And yeah, it's just a movie that I don't remember a time when I didn't love this movie series. It's just, you know, because it was right there when I was like an infant, basically. Uh Yeah. it's just always been a part of my life. It's, um, you know, Michael J. Fox, when I was like six years old or something like that in, in kindergarten or first grade, and we had to write a letter to, uh, you know, somebody you, you admired, 
Uh, I chose Michael J. Fox was wow. the actor Heck that I, yeah. I, I wrote to. <laughs> I love that. Um, I chose yeah, and then, Tanner. <clears throat> and then also, um, you know, very minorly connected to this was, you know, Batman 89 has always been a part of my life. So when, you know, those movies were getting made and my dad was, you know, reading whatever tabloids he, or, you know, not tabloids, but, you know, whatever trade uh, magazines he was reading or newspaper, whatever, because that, you know, pre-internet, however he got his movie news, he was there to, you know, mention, you know, like they're thinking about Michael J. Fox as Robin for a movie at one point. I remember that was oh. like just disgust. And I was just like, oh, like the connection of two of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I that would have been <clears throat> fantastic. I mean, yeah. that would have been a great casting. I, I mean, by the time they got to it, he was a little old to be. Was doing, he okay? Okay, to be doing Robin. Yeah, um, but still, like you know, uh, yeah, I, I have no other. There's been no time in my life where Back to the Future wasn't a part of it, and I don't remember like discovering the movie because it was just it was there when I was so young that it's just built into my DNA. Like the, my boys will have no memory of discovering the Muppets because mm-hmm. they've always been there, you know? So yeah. they'll just be like, where, where, yeah, I guess it's just a part of my life. Muppets you know, like, and uh, same for me and back to the future. Wow. That's awesome. That's very sweet. That. <laughs> what about you, Dan? Uh, yeah, pretty much the same reasons, except I was born in 88. So, you know, Jared's being an older brother, I'm sure he introduced that to me very young. I just, it, yeah, it's always been around and I've always enjoyed it. Um, I think it's just a really likable cast, really exciting story. I always thought, like, I always thought Steven Spielberg was the only filmmaker as a young kid. Yeah, and I, I think every kid definitely, that. <laughs> He definitely directed this movie is what I thought yeah. to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's always been around. It's just, you, you gotta love, you gotta love it. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, you don't have to, it's hard no. not to. Yeah. You kind of have to, or you have to have some pretty strong arguments that I don't really care to hear. I mean, <laughs> obviously at this point we have not heard your, uh, your previous two episodes, yeah. um, as of this recording, but I mean, it's kind of like hard to argue that whether you like it or not, the first movie is like a structurally like pretty perfect movie. It is. We use the word perfect a lot. A lot it's, in yeah. that episode. It's, it's, it's very easy 10 out of 10. When you start that strong, you get a lot of goodwill. And then especially with what they do in the second movie, it just, you know, it, it reminds you of everything you love about the original movie <laughs> right, and right. more. And then you get this one, which is, I mean, we can uh, unpack it as we go. Yeah. Well, do, do you do you two have any specific memories or or whatever involved with this movie that we're covering right now? Well, Back to the Future like, you know, again, it, it always being a part of our lives and uh my dad's VHS compilations always being a part of our lives too. My dad back in the day was a big crash editor. We would take, you know, two VCRs and <laughs> we uh, we had a lot of illegal copies of movies and and he liked <laughs> You know, he liked to record on SLP, so that'd be like you could get usually three movies on a six-hour VHS tape. Oh, and heck like, yeah. The spine would be labeled with the actor or the theme, in this case, Back to the Future, t- uh-huh. one, two, and three. And to the best of his abilities at the time, he cut all three movies together as wow. one long thing. So, Oh, wow. That's yeah, pretty so, cool. I mean, the transition from two to three was terrible. There was some... <laughs> 
some mistake in there, but one to two near perfect. You yeah. know, it just yeah. went right into the second movie. The garage opened and you were in back to the future too. So, cool. so uh, like for me, this movie was almost always, it was almost always the whole series that, that we were watching. Okay. We'd put in the tape okay. on a Saturday or whatever. And it would be just going like all day long, you know, mm-hmm. that's how I remember watching this. These movies was just on that VHS tape straight through one, two, and three, almost never like, Oh, let's just start with number two or let's yeah. just watch three. It was, it was just nope. yeah. beginning of the tape to the end. Any, anything for you, Dan, or same, same situation. I guess that means that now, Jared, did he cut it so that it, the garage opens on two and we see how about a ride mister from uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Shue? Shue? Yes. So we, as a kid, I did not get to see the Claudia Wells last scene in the garage. <laughs> I was That's immediately, true, yeah. I feel, you know, I feel and... really screwed over, you know, <laughs> really, really like he, wow. he kind of gaslit us, you know, as kids. And I, I feel abused there to was... a certain degree. It wasn't until, <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it wasn't until um, we were like 15 or 16 that we actually saw it because that's the other thing about that VHS tape was that Back to the Future was recorded off of television. Uh-huh. So oh, yeah. it was edited. Right, and right. so it, he wasn't screaming "Holy shit!" He was screaming "Holy jeez!" Yeah. Oh, was that and, right too? Uh, yeah. So well, we like, talked about the best Back to the Future edit we've ever seen was yeah. at a hotel in Wisconsin, and they, for some reason, thought it would be okay to cut out "Son of a." So he'd be like, "You cut. You cost three hundred bucks damage to my car, you bitch." <laughs> and we're like, "What the fuck is this?" Wow. I have never Great. seen that version again on television. That great. That's like amazing. Wow. I think I was like 15 before I actually saw the full, like unedited Back to the Future one. Like everything mm-hmm. was there. Yeah. Like there was yeah. no scenes missing or anything. It was just a couple of the a couple of shits were cut were replaced with G's. <laughs> and he's looking, so, he hits the truck and he says, uh, I'm gonna get that bitch. <laughs> In the TNT version or something. Whoa. So that that's gotta be the ass to asshole logic, right? Where like yes. when you watch a show or and they God go damn. ass beep mm-hmm. and it's kinda like I don't know why you're not beeping the part that's technically <laughs> the swear. Yeah. You're beeping the hole. That's what makes it bad. You can say yeah. ass. You can't say you can't say hole. Because if you're saying no, literally, this is the mentality of it, is if you say asshole you are re- then also <laughs> referring to a part of the body and that is what they have a problem with yeah but if you say whole oh, you're yeah. definitely referring to you know you can say whole you can refer to a woman's whole. like it, 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 you can it's just that's just how it, like those can, stupid I mean. censorship laws and rules work yeah by the way i think i think you you just because you know we run a pretty a fairly clean ship over here, and I think <laughs> yeah, you just push it to the explicit. No, well, it was already, but that's fine. Oh. But I think you got me to say asshole. I oh think which gosh, has never been dude, said. Peer pressure from, from really? our side of the couch oh, on the wow. pod. So We're, we we are bad influences. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know Rick, Rick's we parents are. were right. Yeah, they were. No, I think you should we wear it as a badge of much. honor. You know. Mm. Yeah, we just yeah we we're. <laughs> I think I read somewhere that intelligent people curse a lot. So I was like, fuck yeah, when I read that. So <laughs> cool. 
Oh man, this is we're already off to a wonderful <laughs> start. I'm loving this. What about you, Micah? With uh, this movie? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so let's not take over here. So uh for you two, Back to the Future One, saw it as a kid, loved it. It it took like years before I saw Back to the Future Two. And I kind of was like, oh, that's okay. I, I kind of like it. It's no one. And then I saw three and I was like, not very good. And then I watched three again. And I was kind of like, oh, no, it's it's pretty good. It's just a little boring. And then we watched it last night, and that was, I think, only my third viewing. And I was like, I think this movie's pretty dang good. <laughs> I, I mean, and not to put it all out front, but I'm going to put it all out front. On this viewing, <laughs> which, which this series has fluctuated quite a bit, it's usually only, each time I watch it, the, the movies always improve. It's never taken a, taken a dive. But I think I like this one better than the second one. Well, I I, I was can, really I, into it this time. I don't personally agree, but I I get that sentiment um, because you know number three. I think if anyone who's a critic of number three, it's because it's just such it's so different and it's not a modern. You know, we're not seeing anything modern really in the yeah. movie. And I think that kind of throws people off. It's just like, I don't want to see a Western. I want to see time traveling. But like when you're in the second movie and you're like, well, we got to go back into the original movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, I love. I Where mean, do you go from there? You know, yeah, like, yeah. What kind of back and forth adventure can you have? So, you know, by itself, Back to the Future 3 is a great movie. As a part of the trilogy, I get the criticism. I don't agree with it. And I would say that for me, two and three are, you know, equally as good for different reasons. Well, and I think that the, I think in the past, I've been a little like the romance of, of Doc Brown is a little like, okay. It's probably what you were saying. Probably. And this time I was totally swept away in it. And I was like, oh, I like how they like gave him an arc in this movie. And it's very sweet. I was like, so in, I I was not bored at all last night. Mm -hmm. I was just like. I don't know how I didn't like love this from the get go. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with Back to the Future 3. Okay. This it's your was, turn, Jordan. This was my first of the official time watching this movie Ooh. ever in my life. Oh, really? I've seen the end. I've seen them getting out of the West and getting back to the present Will Marty. And then I have I didn't see the in-between stuff. And I've also seen Doc's time machine train. Oh yeah. But that's the only stuff I've seen in my life. So all of this was new. Okay. And I like the joy it a lot. of discovery. Yeah. Wow. It was great cuz I've always heard it like it's it's the worst one and it sucks and it's boring. That's what I've always heard. I think I've said that. But I liked it a lot. It yeah. was good. I, I saw that on IMDb I had rated this 5 today and I was like, "Excuse me? <laughs> like what are you talking about? <laughs> How five? dare you? How self? dare you me?" Yeah. So, you rectify yeah. that? Well, I just, I removed the rating because I don't really rate anymore, oh, okay. but I just rate five stars and then hearts and no hearts. That's it. on letterbox. And, and, and you know what? I, I felt personally attacked listening to your, to your Pulp Fiction episode because Dan, you said, I know friends that cavalierly throw around the five star rating and I know you're talking uh, about me. I, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, I am not. I am not. I'm talking about Charlie. <laughs> I'm talking about our boy Charlie. <laughs> That's who I'm talking about. He um 
Oh, just he when he has an opinion, it's it's like like the other day I was at his we were at movie club. We watched Panic Room. Great time. But I was like, aren't you a little little cautiously optimistic about a House of Dragon? He's like, no, let me tell you why it's going to be a great show. That's how he decided beforehand. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, "Okay, all right, dude. Like that sounds like your dad, Micah. It's seriously anything he watches. He will text you. That was great. That's true. Love you, Period. Dad, and I know you're listening. But um, you know, sometimes you're a little lax on your criticisms, and that's great. <laughs> Me, I just I don't dole out the five stars. Like I'm I'm very miserly with my five stars, yes. and that's that's the problem I think with me is maybe I should be more lax with my uh, reviews. But, I uh, I usually give out. Uh, it it seems like probably two or three new releases a year really capture me. And then I'll probably watch two or three others throughout the year that I'm like, I've never seen this movie, and that movie's perfect. But it's all subjective. Right on. Come on. Did you give, did you like, did you give Prey five stars? I did not give Prey five stars. Okay. Did I have given it five stars? Did you see Prey? I did. Okay. Well, hey, you give it what you (laughs) gave it. (laughs) I I wouldn't give it five stars. I really enjoyed it, though. I was wondering. Yeah. uh, if someone who really enjoyed it would give it five stars. And I don't know if Charlie did, to be fair. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, I, I sort of pray. I, I, I kind of w- didn't totally like it. Really? I, I thought the concept was like 20 out of 10, like amazing concept. But, mm-hmm. but watching it, I was a little like, okay. I, I just, it never like fully captured me. But I love Predator stuff, so I, I was still, like, happy to watch it, you know? I, I think I could tie this. Okay. Like, unlike <laughs> Back to the Future, though, I think that the era uh, negatively defines the movie for me because I'm not into – I don't want a Back to the Future Western. But uh-huh. I do want a Comanche, Comanche era Predator movie, it turns out. So it's yeah. weird how that works out. Um, my favorite parts of this movie is when they get back to Hill Valley, like, at the end – like in its present day i'm like let's spend more time here like even though things seem to be perfect i bet there's going to be conflict i mean needles is trying to this is going to be a a fateful accident spoilers a potentially fateful accident here so uh i just i I like spending the time in the the sandbox of the the suburbs of hill valley and i i'm like ah this is the western thing yeah hey Mm -hmm. i mean Yeah, yeah that's that's usually the point of the day where we'd be done playing together and Dan would take his toys into the bedroom and I would just be laying on the couch finishing the series. I guess so. Hey, count me out, man. Well, you I, know, I, do, I like two a lot more than three, personally. Yeah. Which, showed, I mean, c- conceptually wise, it, it's much more ambitious and I like that about it. And the whole, yeah, going back as a filmmaker being like, how can we look at the other movie we made and then remake it in a different way is is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And this one's a little more straightforward. Um definitely. Yeah. But I just I was swept away in it. I was swept in the wonder of of seeing Marty navigate being a Clint like Eastwood. Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. And that was good. With weird. his his tassily uh, yeah. <laughs> shirt that Doc's you know Doc is like Doc's like he's gonna get his ass kicked out here and he's like kind of <laughs> snickering. He gives him the shitty clothes. Is he Rodney Dangerfield in this? <laughs> <laughs> boy, boy, I tell you, he's gonna get his ass kicked. He's gonna get no respect out there. <laughs> um, um, I, yeah. I am remembering actually 
I believe the first scene I ever saw of any Back to the Future things was like flipping through the channels. I mean, there's a chance I'd seen something in that first, you know, uh, those shots that were always in like Blu-rays and and DVDs and stuff where it shows them the first time they time travel. But uh, I yeah. just remember Doc sitting up has been in more trailers than any <laughs> yeah. uh, more commercials for <laughs> yeah. Blu-rays. And anytime there's a new yep. medium, Doc is sitting up amazed <laughs> yes. or checking his watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like five shots in that movie that are like always the go-to if Universal's involved. Um, I think it's Universal. Yeah. Yeah. Proving yeah. how good that movie is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that I was like at a maybe a hotel or something on a family vacation flipping through the channels, and maybe it's on TNT or something, and I just saw that scene where Marty is at the bar, and um, it, what's his, the character's name? It's not Biff. Buford. Buford. Yeah. He, says, uh, he says dance, and then he starts doing the, the moonwalk. And I was like, that is one of the funniest things that has ever happened. I thought it was so freaking hilarious. And then it was always like, what was that movie that that thing happened, you know? <laughs> and then I think when I watched Back to the Future 1, I was like, why aren't, like, I thought they went to the West in this. How What's come he's going not on? dancing? Yeah, <laughs> where's that yeah. dance joke? This is the moonwalk. <laughs> let's, let's get into some details here. Uh, we got the same crew as the first two movies. We still got Zemeckis directing... Bob Gale, Robert Zemeckis writing, uh, Alan Silvestri doing the score, which props to you, Alan, for going, still making that epic Back to the Future score and then doing the Western spin on it. I feel like he had to have had fun. Come on. This one. I, yeah. yeah, I really dig that, uh, that, like, if you listen to, like, the whole suite of, like, the Back to the Future, like, score, like, theme songs, it's... Yeah, when they so when they get good. into that western, it's like, yeah, all right, <laughs> yeah. And yet, it's still, you know, if you're paying attention, it still has the those themes, but they're just westernized. It's just too good. And then, uh, of course, we got Dean Cundy on cinematography again. Um, and so, Back to the Future Two came out in 1989, November, and this comes out May 25th, 1990, uh, to remind listeners. They they filmed Back to the Future 2 and 3 at the same time. And so I have this quote about it. Um, so Zemeckis would wrap photography and he would board a private plane to Burbank where Gale and engineers would greet him on the dubbing stage with dinner. He would oversee the reels completed that day and make changes where needed, referring to... Uh, the, so Gale and crew are editing Back to the Future 2. He's flying in every day. Every day? To to review what they had edited. It, they're all in California, but they're yeah. still flying to cut down on time. And then he's going to shoot it. Um, and then uh, afterwards, he would retire to the Sheraton Universal Hotel for the night. The following morning, Zemeckis would drive to the Burbank Airport, board a flight back to the set in Northern California, and continue to shoot the film. Jeez. That so, doesn't sound fun. It doesn't, but in the in the talking heads on the on the special features and stuff, everyone's like, "Yeah, it was really hard," <laughs> but but they seemed like they were like really happy to keep doing it. Well, cool. And, and Zemeckis I, is like he seems like a pro. Like say yeah. what you want about the quality of some of his later movies, but he just seems like he like he knows how to like function as a director yeah. efficiently <laughs> and like getting it done. Yeah. Huh? Well, and and it <laughs> seems like. Because of the whole chain, you know, I even read that the cast and crew, though it was a 
a tough shoot, you know, to go from one production right into the next. Since they built their own sets and, like, went off and shot Back to the Future 3, they, they were all like, well, it's kind of relaxing being out here away from everybody and shooting this movie. And, like, Dean Cundy was excited to shoot a Western. And so it just feels like the switch to Western like really just worked for everyone that was involved and everyone was really ecstatic about that. Oh, cool. And, and early on they had asked Michael J. Fox, uh, Gail and Zemeckis, they'd said like, where would you travel back in time? And he said the wild West. And then Fox. Who's he? You said five, three people. Zemeckis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, so Fox was like, yeah, I'd, I'd go to the wild West. And then, Zemeckis and Gale were also like, yeah, that would be pretty cool. And then, you know, when they're writing Back to the Future 3, I mean, 2, they start going, wouldn't it be cool if at some point... Cool. So. Um, and then finally... Not finally. I have a couple more than that. <laughs> uh, I, I, so this was on IMDb trivia, which I always take with a grain of salt. But Michael was accidentally hanged unconscious during the hanging <laughs> scene. Yeah, I can confirm. Ooh. I watched the DVDs many times with like okay. the trivia tracks and stuff. And yeah, he he did have a, a bit of an accident where he was like <laughs> in danger so at one point. Yeah, also. Um, the movie comes out. So I already said May twenty fifth, nineteen ninety. Forty million dollar budget makes eighty eight million domestic, two forty four worldwide, smashing success. And um, then. The last thing I got to say, and I think we talked about it last episode, but I can't remember. Um, this is a recent quote from Bob Gale, and and I don't know exactly how this breaks down, but he says, we have an understanding with Spielberg and Amblin that there would never be another Back to the Future movie without our blessing, referring to Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis, um, without our blessing or being involved, so it's not going to happen. Because they're often asked, mm-hmm. are they ever going to make a sequel? Mm-hmm. And... He, he claims that they will not be able to make a sequel ever again. Okay. I mean, if Robert Zemeckis was like, you know what? I got an idea. I'm sure they would change their mind and they would, you know, consider it. But the good thing about a quote like that is like, you never have to worry about Back to the Future getting a crappy remake or, you know, just getting a, you know, a fourth movie that like feels like, you know, the Star Wars second sequel series. So, yeah. You know, good on that. And hey, Bob Gale keeps the Back to the Future universe alive. Like all of the comics and uh, the video game and like all of the anything in the Back to the Future universe, Bob Gale oversees and is usually writing himself. So you can trust any extended universe stuff. And if you want to take it as canon, then I say go for it. Yeah, it's it's I, I found it sort of refreshing i think this is part because back to the future 3 is always the one that's dunked on i think we can all agree on that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i I, it feels like there's more of a movement as people get older who've grown up with the movies and stuff like that that like actually back to the future 3 is pretty good and watching it last night i think maybe there's a subconscious reason and i think that subconscious reason is you know that it's just the end of this series that you like and it's an end it's not it's not about to spin off into like the Doc Brown adventures. It's not like that's just <laughs> it. Although it kind of did. It sp- it spun yeah. off into the Saturday morning cartoon, you know, basically taking place right after this one. But still, like, yeah, but, no, it's, you know it's mean, a conclusion. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. The right. end. It says it at the end. The yeah, end. it says the We're end. We're done. 
And you know, I I've I jokingly we talked about I think in our first episode about like the trailer that they would make when they when they make the nostalgia goggled like Back to the Future four that's for some reason has is completely devoid of comedy if it was made today where sure, they they have to treat everything like it's this historic thing yeah. and it wouldn't be fun given um, a, a, a boring explanation of how the flux capacitor got the name <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. you know the details we all care about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um it's just like, ah, it's so nice that this movie just ends and it's over. And and that's it. Like we're we're not gonna be covering another Back to the Future entry on this podcast. You know, that's it. It's and kind of nice. Though if they did a needles spin-off movie, <laughs> I think we'd all agree that that would be gold. Can't you just imagine that Flea and Needles are the same person? So that way, like, he's like Needles is yeah, the dude at Woodstock Needles, 99. Needles, like, Needles just played naked. Soldier Field uh, over the weekend. It was yeah. great. He was on base. He's actually really good. Yeah. yeah. It was great. We, he and we, Marty um, must have been in a band together. Yeah. 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 Too darn loud, though. That's their problem. Um. No, never mind. I was just about to say a wild theory, but it doesn't make sense. So. <laughs> well, well, did you guys hear? Because. Because, you know, this whole spinoff stuff. Did you guys hear about the Ferris Bueller's Day Off spinoff that they announced? That's new news, right? That's very new news. I don't know. Uh, right. what's no. the, what are the deets? It's like a gen- – is it a generational thing? No, it, it makes it less sense of than that. Is it son of Bueller? <laughs> no, okay. Wait, so say that again? It makes less sense than that. Okay. They, they announced – and I just hope this is one of those things that just, like, dies in pre-production. Uh, it's about – the two guys that drove the car during the movie. No. What? The parking attendants. Uh-huh. No. Oh, God. I'm, I'm just going to make sure no. that I got that right. <laughs> tell me, tell me that's a joke. And it's like April Fool's, but it's, we're just late. That's all. Oh, man. Come on. That's yeah, such Ferris a bummer. Bueller Day Off sequel is happening. E News confirmed with Paramount. Um, Titled Sam and Victor's Day Off will center. Oh. On- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is like, you know what it's like? It's like uh, just a couple years ago when John Sincero made that stupid Jesus spinoff from Big yeah. Lebowski that oh, the Coen yeah. brothers are just like, whatever, dude. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like that. It's Did just, either of you no. see that movie? No. No. Yeah, I no. didn't see it either. Um, I did read the synopsis and I was like, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. But uh, and, like, Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. So it's titled Sam and Victor's Day Off and will center on the valets originally played by Richard Edson and Larry Flash Jenkins, who took Cameron's dad's Ferrari for a joyride through the streets of Chicago. Of course. Um, you fellas have nothing to worry about. I'm a professional. <laughs> professional. professional what? Says uh, Cameron says to him. And he's like, I gave him a Finsky. And then they're like, <laughs> that's his big bribe to the guys. <laughs> But so like, so let me ask you this. Are they aged and like they're reprising the roles or are they like, is it a generational thing? I mean, <laughs> I mean, Some this was mean. announced, I think as of the recording of this episode, I think they announced it yesterday. So there's like okay. no information on the it. The ink is still wet on this, you guys. Like this yeah. is right off the presses. Sometimes so. I think stuff like this is leaked solely so that way, like. The studios can be like, what's the interest in Ferris Bueller in any way? (laughs) I'm sure that's true. 
It's like, yeah, literally just be like, how precious is Ferris Bueller? Let's let's just come up with something crazy and see if people care. uh, Oh, that's what I'm really afraid about to bring it back to this is like, I'm afraid that these jerks at Universal are just going to kind of test the waters like a a little like they're going to like pay Twitter to make uh, Back to the Future remake like trending. And then yeah. people open up that discussion. Is it okay to do a Back to the Future, even though there's a blessing? To p- p-? Like it's like all it takes is a little discourse on uh, Twitter that <laughs> like yeah. wildfire, you know. I mean, I just feel like Back to the Future. Like you can argue against any movie getting remade. Like none. Like what's the point? It should never really happen. Absolutely. But like, yeah. there's. Yeah there's really like it's one of the few movies where you're just like what is the point like what would be the point what are you going to do differently or modernize that isn't there in the original back to the future that's a level of humbleness that the studios don't possess anymore (laughs) yeah Yeah. well and and you know you could call it a coincidence but uh i don't think it is i mean the biggest movie of all time until they re-release avatar in china last year is Avengers Endgame, and they do a whole going back to their previous franchises and previous yeah. movies, and they even yeah. reference Back to the Future. That's and right. I think if you want to do something as cool as Back to the Future, a- adapt it in in that way, where it's like, well, it's not Back to the Future, but it gives me the same thrill that I had when I was watching Back to the Future. That's how you make a quote sequel well, that's, to this That's movie. how you keep the original sacred. Yeah. Rather than tarnishing it. In a sequel or another one. And honestly, since Zemeckis has kind of had a rough maybe 20 years (laughs) with his filmmaking. (laughs) Conservatively. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's got to be it's got to be Bob Gale that's holding like really holding the reins, because I would think that at some point they would be like, you know what? Like I've had a tough few years. It'd be nice to have just like a a movie that I know is gonna be a hit. Let's just make Back to the Future four. And Bob Gale every time's just going, No, no, no. <laughs> this is my I baby. I don't know. It's I feel, feel like it might yeah. considering that Bob Gale like writes everything else, it almost feels to me like it would be the other way around. He's the oh, curmudgeon. Sure. Where or no, like, where Bob Gale is just oh, like Bob, I'd, I'd be kind of willing to do it, but oh, Zemeckis and, is just like I'm not going back there. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Maybe unless I can make them CG with my cool technology, <laughs> like Christmas Carol. Well, you know? I I did see a a an interview with Bob Gale from this year where he again reiterated he's like no. I like that this has an ending. It has an ending. <laughs> the characters' arcs end, and there will never be another one. It was like he oh. seems like a bit of a grump, like maybe <laughs> just a tad bit of a grump, but like that's fine, you know. I love it. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. We need more all, grumps. All these people get <laughs> old and grumpy eventually. Yeah, we need we need him to run uh, HBO Max at this point, right? Instead oh, of just uh, canceling every show. I there uh, I'm I'm convinced they're slowly turning HBO Max into just like a porn site. Because like they're getting rid of anything, <laughs> even remotely like family friendly or like it's just like no, get rid of it. It's just like oh, what are they yeah. doing? Why is everything disappearing? Let me tell you though why House of the Dragon's going to be uh, <laughs> a huge hit. <laughs> should we should we talk about this movie though? Back to yeah, the future three in detail. Um, so this movie starts off, and we were watching the twenty fifth anniversary, and it showed all the different Universal logos, which was kind of cool, because I, I thought that was intentional, and I was like, cool, they're showing the fu- the past. But it 
turns out it's the 25th anniversary, but it was still a nice way to set the tone. Um, and so we we start, I'll just say timeline-wise, Marty has left from 1955 to 1985, but then his 2015 character is coming down the street, and he goes up to Doc Brown, and he goes, uh, you know, I don't remember what he says. Well, yeah, it's... <laughs> Wait, doesn't he say that you gotta help me? You're you're stuck in 1885. No, because he doesn't know that yet. Because he hasn't got the letter at that point, right? Yeah, Marty got the letter at the end of two. That guy, that got ominous guy, came oh, and in the car, he, and then he runs. Yeah, yeah, so he just got the letter and he runs back. Is well, that I right? Mean, Doc passes. He's out saying it's me, it's me, it's me, it's Marty, and he's yeah. like, "No, it can't be. I just yeah. sent you back to the future." He's like, "I know you did send me back to the future, Doc, but I'm back. I'm back from the future." <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. Scott passes out. That he- Passes out. Passes then. out. Then we're at his house. Yeah. And he has to convince And if my him. dad were good at editing, he would have oh. cut it right there. But instead, he screwed that whole thing up with oh that. Oh, uh, traumatized us. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't want to rewatch that scene. Ugh. Uh, they showed it three times in this trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> but so they go back to Doc Brown's. And then um, is that when he wakes up and he kind of has like the Marty experience where he's like, Oh man, I had this weird dream uh-huh. where Marty was around again. Whatever. Don't have to worry about that. Marty's like, Hey, I'm right here. Uh huh. He's got the hoverboard. He has to convince him why he's Marty, I guess. And that everything happened. Wasn't a dream. Yeah. And now he has to help him because doc is in 1885. Yeah. And he gives him the letter. Yep. And the letter is much more extensive than it was at the end, end of end of the second movie. There's even a map in there. Yeah. And, and I love this. So so 1885 Doc buried the DeLorean, but he doesn't have parts to repair it, and he buried it in the coal mine thinking that they would uh it would it would be safe there. And then Doc and it's so hard. It's hard so to yeah, talk about. well, newsflash, it was safe there, and it's a little surprising that it was yeah. because over the <laughs> the cave part that's covered up, it has Doc's initials with an arrow. Pointing down, yeah. <laughs> Pointing down. <laughs> That's true. I think, I think you know, we can just understand that historically speaking, Doc knew that by this point in time, nobody was going down into that mine. I don't uh, yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Well, but it, we it's also that, that perfect zany humor that Doc Brown has had the whole time where it's like, I think it'll be safe in here. And, and you're, it's kind of setting you up for... Oh, it's not, it's maybe it won't be there or something. And it's like, no, it's there. And there's even the letters and the initials and like a pointing down to it. Mm. Okay. And a schematic of the, how to rebuild a microchip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which has uh, one of the funniest lines in the movie to me when he goes, he pulls out the microchip and he goes, such a small piece. How could this cause so much damage? And he goes, ah, I see. It's made in Japan. And then Marty goes, why? All the best stuff's made in Japan. And and he's just, like, confounded by that, uh-huh. that possibility. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> They're making... If you read between the lines, it's all over this movie. There's staunch anti-Japan messages yeah. all throughout. Uh, and anti-Japanese, uh, no, particularly the technology. Uh, we'll go over that also beat by beat as we go. So stay tuned for that, everybody. Yeah, I, w- I would say overall anti-Asian. Oh, I was kidding, but oh, yeah, there okay. is a couple. Of, like, I do think, and and I keep on bringing. I guess I'm really trying to get everyone to listen to your Patreon, but 
I, I bring this back to your conversation you had about Pulp Fiction. This is the Quentin Tarantino conversation, where it's like in this movie there there are some like outdated terms and some racially insensitive things, but on the same token, they're in the West in eighteen eighty five. No yeah. nobody cares to call the the natives Native Americans. You know, mm-hmm. right. they just don't and they won't. So so it doesn't for for me as if a you, viewer, it's not. Strange, yeah, you try to be PC but... and you enforce you're going to get shot in the West. Like that's that's <laughs> yeah. there's no PC really. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, you have to you do have to accept that. Um. And but, honestly, uh, in 1989, 1990, nobody was there defending oh, any right. Asian people yet. <laughs> right. So like you know they were still unfortunately fair game as far as entertainment was concerned. Right. As far as entertainment was, I guess, concerned. As far as, as, far as the comedy conscious at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we've we've talked about race and political discourse. Now let's, good, uh, yeah. let's go to the gravesite of Emmett Brown. <laughs> yeah, this is really good. Yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, they love this sort of talk, don't they? <laughs> the list, yeah, the listeners love it. The listeners love it. I That's hope. what they're here for specifically. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But what they're also here for is to find out that Doc's at the letter on September 1st and the tombstone says that he died September 6th, 7th, 7th. Yeah, and it says uh, he died over a dispute of eighty dollars with Mad Dog Buford, or Mad Dog Tannen, uh, and then it says something about like to his beloved Clara or or something to directed that in his memory by his beloved Clara, which uh-huh. is plot hole. I, I asked you about that, Jared, didn't I? When I watched it recently, did you clear that up? I, for I, me? I texted you. I was just like, "Oh crap!" Like I just discovered a plot hole. Uh, then the yeah, before that, I was I asked you about um, why does his grave say like what they could have done is not have her name at all, and then it wouldn't have been a thing when uh, he saves her, right? Well, I texted you, and yeah, like, and I well, I don't know. Do you guys did you guys ever? Oh, did you guys because catch of the ravine. Yeah, is that what you mean? Because in well, in the nineteen eighty five, that ravine is named after her, implying that she died and was not rescued that's, that's not the plot hole like i don't want to oh. like step on anything like or maybe we should wait until we I no no no, no. Uh, now I'm, so, I'm, I'm dying so yeah, what happens it. so this this uh okay <laughs> <laughs> so a couple really days before up here so a couple i'm just trying to make sure that i get everything straight because i don't want to <laughs> screw anything up here so okay <laughs> There's the, ra- <laughs> There's the ravine. I'm sorry. Hang on, you know what? Let me let me pull up the text that I sent Dan to make sure because this will help me better. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I I've had many moments like this too. It's 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 not weird, but I, it's just cracking me up. <laughs> okay. Historically speaking, Clara is supposed to fall into the ravine, but the tombstone that 1955 Doc and Marty find is erected by his beloved Clara. Okay. Yes. The only reason that Doc was able to save her in the movie is because he and Marty were checking on that bridge. Okay. So in the timeline, wherein Marty does not go back to save Doc. Yeah. She, Doc never would have met Clara in the first place because she would have fallen into that ravine by that point. Yeah. Oh. But, but Marty mentions that ravine because all the kids hope that teachers fall into that ravine. Because he knows that it was named after a teacher. Right. Yeah. So the idea that the uh, tombstone was erected by his beloved Clara doesn't make any sense at all because she would have been dead, historically speaking, anyway, 
a few days before the tombstone was even made. Wait, so, oh no, okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he never, he never would have gone to that ravine. He was supposed to pick her up at the train station. Oh my God, I guess that could have been it. But if, you know, like if she was, oh wait, you know what? I just remembered now. Oh okay, my God, I just, solved, is, I just solved is, the plot hole by remembering a detail from the DVDs. Here we he go. Was asked, he was asked to meet her. At right. the train station. So actually, the reason that she took that wagon in the first place is because Doc there. and Marty were not there to pick her up at the train station. Yep. So wait, wait he was asked uh, to meet her. Yeah, like the mayor asked him. Yeah. To oh, meet her, the new teacher. He's supposed to like pick her up and like you know bring oh. her to the schoolhouse and all that stuff. It's just like a favor that he's doing for the mayor for some reason. But then she. Well, still I'm sorry somehow... to have wasted so much time <laughs> no, on a no, plot no, hole no. that I th then realized. No, wait, it's not a plot hole. Mine's, they solved it themselves. Mine's not so much a plot hole, but I I did text you about this before, and it was so Marty finds Doc's grave in 1955 with him, and his 1885 counterpart died one week after he wrote the letter. My only question is: is Tombstone says something about dedicating his memory to Clara? How fast exactly did he meet her, fall in love with her, and die? Like the it seems like was a so lot. Strong. It was so strong. <laughs> That's what Jared says here. They bonded this is over answer. <laughs> he fell in love instantly when saving her from the ravine. It was just one week. Yes, if Marty hadn't gone back in time, <laughs> Doc would have been shot the day of the duel. Just not in a duel, I don't think. Well, she's one in a million, one in a billion, one in a Google Plex. <laughs> That's what he says that to me in the text. And I'm like, oh, I guess you got me there. <laughs> when she's one in a Googleplex, I mean, come I mean, on. That's yeah. like, that's Her name's getting six, put on a tombstone eight. in remembrance of that person. Damn, yeah. that's fast. <laughs> that is And actually, fast. technically, Doc would have been shot the night of the of the town you know, party out there oh, like, in the square. Yeah. He like, he doesn't live his, his life. He lives his whole life dedicated to science, which means he like sacrifices a lot of social things, which means he befriends young boys at malls, I guess. Yes. But yes. So then he like lives a whole. Like we all do. Like we all do. <laughs> and then he lives two lifetimes in five days, like apparently uh -huh. <laughs> by meeting this Clara and putting her name on his tomb. All right. That's fine. That is fine. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, here, here is what what I would say for me works because I was thinking about that too. I'm like, this is such a small timeline to fall in love with somebody, and like, really, mm -hmm. like for them to it's make Hollywood. A it no, wouldn't no. happen. Here's what I'm gonna say. That's <laughs> true. I think Christopher Lloyd is so good that the whole movie, mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I buy it. He is so <laughs> head over heels for her, Smitten. and Mary uh, Steenburgen mm -hmm. is also just like absolutely perfect in this movie. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, she's great. And yeah, so no argument there. I mean, who would ever argue for any movie she's in? But uh, yeah, uh, it, both of them do it so well that I'm like, yeah, okay, I buy it. I buy it. Very well. Same. So all right, all right. Plot Take that. Fixed. Hey, plug it. Plugged. It, the leak is plugged. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then they, they go to the library and they research a little bit. And then basically, even though Emmett says, hey, in the letter, don't come back. I'm happy since they know he's going to die. They go. Marty says, I'm going to go back to the future. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the past. <laughs> and so they they go out. And I love this. This is all that like science fiction stuff that just makes me so happy when they when they go out into the desert and then they're kind of like, why do we need to go out into the desert? And Doc Brown says, well, we have to make sure 
that we go to a place that didn't have some civilization at one point or something or trees. He says trees that you'll just like crash into. Mm -hmm. So although they did, they did time travel over a a tree farm in the first movie. It wasn't a tree farm yet. Oh, it wasn't yet? <laughs> no, because remember, he was mating those trees. That's true. Yeah, he hadn't started yet. Um, it was Yeah, in the, in the first movie, though, it's a mall parking lot, and that that is enough. Why, like, this one, we have to go out into the... Oh, I'll tell you, we're going to go out into the desert, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. That might be your best Im- Im- impression. Uh, Doc of all Brown? the impressions you Christopher Lloyd? <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah. I, Rodney I Dangerfield that's my, that's my Christopher Brown. Lloyd. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know who Rodney Dangerfield is, so it's, it's fine. It's, that's it's who you could Lloyd. be if you were ever on Comedy Bang Bang. You could be Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> as Christopher Lloyd. And you're upset that you missed the big part. Oh man, that's uh, that would be a blast. Um, so they they're like where they had like a drive-in movie theater. Is there yeah. like a screen or yeah? There's a screen that he crashes through, isn't there? Well, yeah, he drives. He's driving into a like towards a painting of uh, Native Americans, and as he goes to the past, it literally is. Yeah, and they're like charging That's at him. right. Yeah. It's like a match cut. It's like oh shit! It's yeah. the things that I just saw a painting yeah. of. Yeah, oh. very fun. Guess what? <laughs> very fun. Uh-huh. It was fun. Imagine then, not liking this movie. I do kind of feel like uh Hilldale, is that that's the town? Hill Valley uh is kind of like The Simpsons. It's kind of like Spring uh Springfield. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You don't really know where it's set cuz suddenly we <laughs> it looks like we're in like Utah. Yeah. But in the past couple movies, you know, it's like heavy urban center. There's a yeah. there's a forest somewhere. Where where what state think, is it supposed I to be? I think it's in? California. I think it's just supposed to be some There's California a desert. Town. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, it just it isn't like I think that's what I don't like about this movie. Aside from like the genre change, it's 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 the setting change too. It's I just I don't respond to the, the desert setting. I like the cul-de-sacs, I like the businesses, I like the <laughs> you know, the commerce, you know. You don't like oh. how brown and tan this movie is? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> But um, I mean, here's the thing, though, Jordan. California is a desert. Uh huh. So they've they've only like urbanized it and and created it to be a place that's not a desert, especially. No, I know that. So so guess what? Plot hole fixed. I didn't, never that's another a plot one. Hole. <laughs> Mike, just just give it to him, I guess. Give this one to him. <laughs> Leak plugged. All right. Um, <laughs> Jeremy and I are here to say this is perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I could see that. I could see that's fine. Hey, I like to be the voice of dissent. Uh, (laughs) And I root for the underdog. Yeah. But uh, speaking of underdogs, he is attacked by a bear in a cave. Desert Mm. bear. Uh, Fun. (laughs) Eat your heart out, Revenant. Yeah. Am I right, you guys? Yes. Where's where's his Oscar for fighting a bear? Right. And that was a real bear. It yes. wasn't uh, some CG BS. Yeah. So it's a real deal. Yeah, I think they should give him a retroactive Oscar at the, whatever the next ceremony is. He should be nominated for Back to the Future Three, and they'll be like, <laughs> "Why is this happening?" But that should happen. It really should. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he he goes into town, knocks no, his head. Not he doesn't even get to town, buddy. 
Well, oh, I, I, uh, yes, you're right. Go ahead. Go ahead. He, he gets to like a farm where a couple of Irish immigrants oh, are. Oh, Seamus. Yeah. They're making their way <laughs> in this in the new world and, and frontier land. Yeah. And then this we have is the movie I want to see, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours of like far and away, basically. And the yeah. accents are just as bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But this is where. Um, we have the recreation for a third time of where he wakes up and his mom is like, good morning. And he goes, Oh, I had the most terrible dream. I thought that I was in the old West being chased and there was a bear and all this stuff. And then she's, you know, speaking in an Irish accent. And then he's like, huh? <laughs> Literally. And he does. He makes noise. the Tim Allen noise. Yeah. Uh, 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 um, oh, then she says, uh, <laughs> It's Mrs. McFly, and don't you be forgetting the missus. And then yeah. Seamus comes, he's like, oh, I caught dinner. And then <laughs> it's got buckshot in it, little yep. pellets. Yeah. This gross. is obviously where Crispin Glover would come in if, uh-huh. if he wasn't uh-huh. such a pain to work with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he wasn't such a pill. He would yeah. He would definitely be Seamus. He yeah. would be Seamus. That would have been I would like to, have heard, to see that, yeah. I want to hear his take on an Irish accent. I bet oh. it would be out there and weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just kicking Letterman in the head. You guys see yeah. that before? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Really? Right? Isn't he like showing off karate or something and he yeah. kicks him? Yeah. He was apparently in character, like his River's Edge character. And he was mm-hmm. like, he showed up on the show and yeah, I guess he got up on the furniture. He's like kicking Letterman in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen that. Imagine just being an actor and thinking you need to take that home. Yeah. 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 The like, older ooh, I, I get, the more I'm like, method acting is. is the stupidest thing in the world. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's just a refusal to uh, acknowledge reality for a while. You know, that's <laughs> all it is, really. Um, so I-, I wanted to ask all three of you when I'm watching Back to the Future 2 and 3. They do a lot of callbacks to the first movie, recreations even, and and I'm thinking of this scene in particular. You know, every single movie has had this scene in it. Now, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but this is the sort of thing where when they make a new movie, a reboot or whatever it is, they'll, they'll do this, and I will sit in the theater and roll my eyes, and it's like, oh, they had to do the he wakes up thing. But how come in the Back to the Future movies, it's charming and lovely every time that this happens and funny? I think, well, number one, we're not dealing with um, like reboot territory. We're dealing with the, like a, just a continuation in the sequel. So, but like, yeah, when you're talking about like. Maybe it's you know, subconscious. Like, like, when, like in Dead it's Man's about the Chest. Maternal, when, <laughs> the maternal need, you know. Like, <laughs> like I roll my eyes in Dead Man's Chest when like for no reason at all. He's like, why is the rum always gone? It's just like, oh, yeah, you said that in one movie and now you have to call back to that. And that's not necessary here. Yeah. I think what works about this is because mm. they're doing and it's, you know, the same thing with um, being dragged through town, you know, like in the first, oh, right, second yes. and third movie, he's gets yeah. dragged. I think what works and also uh, in using the cast as playing previous versions of themselves, it's the idea is that time loops and time rhymes with itself, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's what makes it work is because we're dealing with time travel in general. So the idea that you can repeat these cycles or these events in different eras kind of, you know, adds to 
the adventure of time traveling. So there's meaning behind it. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the fact that it's time travel and like things are destined to repeat themselves in alternate timelines in certain ways. I, 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 we, I think, I think a lot of us like that. I know I do. Like Mm -hmm. you expect, uh, in Marvel does that too. I feel like now, now that they're exploring multiverses, um, I'm sure they will more. The, the, the McFlies and the Tannins like just have a historical dispute like the families just don't get along because even yeah. when he mistakes expect, yeah when uh-huh. marty is in the bar and he's just like hey mcfly i thought i told you never to come in here <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's refer. he thought he was looking at seamus so he, he still has a beef with seamus <laughs> for some <laughs> yeah. separate reason you know it's just the the two families just don't get along historically yeah. speaking and you know at one point in one point or another a mcfly is going to get dragged by a tannin through town i think that's just <laughs> what's going to happen it's almost not like tropes of the movie itself, like Back to the Future. It's tropes of their timelines, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The, the, that I, that I, I can definitely digest easier than, like, we're doing the thing that the movie did. Like, yeah. you all uh, loved it, so here it is again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I guess it, they are in, since there hasn't been that much time since the first movie, there isn't this legacy of like, oh, well, a Back to the Future movie has to do A, B, C, D, and E. Yeah. And if you don't They're making do them, their own legacy. And the, like, this is yeah. before fans decided to make the legacy for the makers. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Like, yeah. they're like, we got this, you guys. Like, Spielberg <laughs> and companies, like, we, we'll make our own here. And they did a great job, you know? It, because sure enough, the fans took it and ran with it when it came out in 85, right? But they, by that point, had it, I'm sure. When did they did first come out and then they're like, oh, shit, we got to make a sequel or did they already have a trilogy mapped out? No, they made the first one with no intention of making a sequel. Okay, It uh, seems awfully thought out. Yeah. Yeah. But but uh, Zemeckis is often people are like, oh, come on, you ended it on a cliffhanger. And he says proof that we didn't want to make we weren't planning on make a making a sequel is we put Jennifer in the car at the end of the movie mm. and had we known we were making a sequel we wouldn't have put her in the car got it they and that's why they an ditch alley. her <laughs> yep unconscious well, I mean, for the majority of the movie the whole movie yeah. Yeah. honestly what do you do with somebody you don't know what to do with you just you ditch them in an alley right you knock yeah. them out literally we've all been there i i can't tell you how many people in my life i've dropped off in alleys oh, yeah. just <laughs> drove yeah. away smoke and dirt flying into their face <laughs> And yeah, well, that, that was a safe alley, so and he says, yeah. I, I, I had I didn't know what to do with them. So I didn't <laughs> what what should I have done? <laughs> well, that's when the, the camera pans up and we see that it's actually crime alley. And the mask uh, of Zorro is playing in the theater. Oh my god. Bad mistake. Do you think do you think like any subsequent showing of the 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 Zorro thing at that theater in Gotham after that murder is like Macbeth kind of deal. Like it's like, oh man, it's totally cursed. Yeah, that theater's cursed actually. Boy, I honestly, it feels like you just you just wrote like a one-off Batman issue that would actually Seriously? be pretty interesting. <laughs> the haunted theater. Yeah, I and would then- probably. Jump the shark though by having Thomas and Martha Wayne's ghosts be the protagonists. Well, that's what I was like... You literally have to have their ghosts because they're killed all the time. So it's just in reference to they're always there yeah. waiting to uh, be killed. Actually, you guys elevated it right there. Or you, Jordan, you just elevated <laughs> yeah. it there. Yes. Yeah. So falling asleep, they ask him his name. 
And he says it's Clint Eastwood. Yes. Funny. 10 out of 10, great joke. Love it. <laughs> well done. Um, they also have kind of upped the game, even since the last one, on the FX of... the. the oh, having two of him in one shot? Yeah, there were a couple things where I couldn't... Like, like the scene where Seamus picks him up, I couldn't really figure out how they did that. When Seamus picks him up it's, oh, off it's the one ground. shot, yeah, yeah, he yeah. picks him up off of the ground. Yeah. Oh, maybe it was... You know what? It was probably a double. Like someone else's yeah. hand came into frame, and then by the time the camera came up, he was standing there. That's oh yeah, the um, the fence line is where you they wipe. Oh, uh, they wipe at the. Oh, okay. Dang, yeah. that's seamless. Same thing with like you know, and I'm sure I don't know if you did talk about it, but like in Back to the Future too, like that weird like line that's in his windshield in Biff's car. Yeah, like yeah. It is there solely to mask the transition of two shots? Yeah. So yeah, there's something. Anytime somebody wipes the frame, like Maggie does that at one point too. Like yeah. when he's handing Big the black baby bar like, around yeah, her. Just, yeah, yeah. Maggie's body just wipes the frame, so that way they you, you cut that you know uh, mask that transition. And I mean, this is Zemeckis already pretty early in his career, and he's getting obsessed with the the technical aspects of things, mm-hmm. which will later condemn him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey guys, I'm back, and you know, during the bathroom <laughs> break, and I was just wondering. I was thinking to myself about this movie, like, how does Seamus pick him up, you know, like hey, in the movie? Hey! <laughs> how did that happen? Well, I was in the bathroom. I didn't, what, what? We don't rewind. Uh, it must have been forward. a body double. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's move on. Or maybe they maybe they did it actually at the fence line. I, I, I actually kind of know that information. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so he goes to the bar. And they pour whiskey, and it burns the table after he asks for water, which is funny. 10 out of 10 joke. Easy. You're just going through the funny things? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Your, the I funny mean, checklist? And then, and then we have the, the, you know, Tom Wilson shows up, and he's like, he's like, McFly, as you guys were just saying. And then he tells him to dance, and he's shooting, and mm-hmm. he, he does the moonwalk. And once again, that's a 10 out of 10 joke. Yes. I mean, they just you don't make jokes like that anymore. It's funny. I would say it's very funny. Mm-hmm. I and, wonder um, how many people think Biff is hot and how many think that Buford is the hottest, like that he's <laughs> ever looked. Team Buford. <laughs> no, Griff all the way with that spiky yeah, with help. Yeah. help. <laughs> he, Sorry. I think, I mean, after finishing it, I, I got it's It's crazy to say this because of Marty and Doc, but I got to give MVP to Tom Wilson in this trilogy. He's it's, great, isn't he? It's He's, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Way better than he probably needs to be doing some yeah, of this stuff. Absolutely. And I I mean, he is the center of this universe. Everything happens because of him. You're right. Pretty Whether much, you like it or much. not. Yeah. He's yeah. like a he is a living catalyst in the uh-huh. back to the future universe for sure. Well, I, I believe, I mean, this was kind of my take last time, is that he is Satan incarnate. <laughs> and that was Marcellus Wallace's soul in the briefcase. So <laughs> we're still talking about these things. But then yes, and, and it's funny, we've already mentioned some of this stuff. Uh they they take Marty and they drag him through town. They attempt to hang him, and I Apparently guess they, they really do a little bit. And then Eesh. Doc Brown shows up, pulls out his telescope gun, shoots the rope. 
saving yeah. Michael J. Fox just in time for yeah. the insurance companies to back away from the production. <laughs> I used to act out this scene with a coworker uh, yeah. at, at Blockbuster. If your horse threw a shoe, bring him back and I'll re-show him. <laughs> I don't shot that horse. Well, that's your problem, Tannen. Wrong. <laughs> that's yours. <laughs> I could go on, but I won't. But that's when uh, we find out the $80, you know, why why there's the $80 dispute, which I, I do love. Uh, throughout the series, I love when there are moments that are somewhat obvious, and Marty's standing there, and he's like, $60, then 15 and then 5 <laughs> He's That's 80 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the clues line up. It's $80. He goes, that's $80. He's and like, also, it's after getting strangled. The, the pricing is really strict. Like, it's eighteen eighty-five. dollars mm-hmm. Why does he think that whiskey's worth $5? Like, that seems like a lot of money for eighteen eighty-five. It does. Some good yeah, I don't with, know. It's three X's, Jared, not two. Then. Yeah, yeah, three X's. It's uh, three. Were there X's. X's on the bottle? <laughs> playing that triple X premium. Oh. We don't know. It's the top shelf liquor that he spent the five dollars on. You know, it was a perfectly good bottle of fine Kentucky Red Eye. It's like the Cavassier of the West. <laughs> That's right. I no? guess you know what I should or the do. The Cristal. I should do my research on fine Kentucky Red Eye and see. I know I have. So. <laughs> Aged oak barrels, anyone? <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got on that subject. I mean, I we're going out on of the our rocks. Depth, honestly, it feels like on you're referencing a movie Without. or something. Are you referencing a movie right now that we don't know? Yeah, uh, on the rocks with uh, Rashida Jones. Oh, I thought you were just. Murray. No, no, no. I no. I'm just talking. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's okay. Just, Dan does this. He. <laughs> What I'm just I'm just talking. Not if you were really knows. quoting something from On the Rocks, a movie that nobody saw, <laughs> no, that I would wasn't. be insane. I was not. <laughs> that movie doesn't exist. That's a classic <laughs> doesn't exist movie. Sofia Coppola, she did not make that movie. No, uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't exist. It's not real. <laughs> no, I wasn't referencing that. I don't. I was just joking about my knowledge of uh, Kentucky bourbons or okay. red eye or yeah, and then uh. I don't know where I, we went from there, but and then yeah. I I just candidly asked for real and made myself look a fool when I should have just played oh, along and smiled. It's okay, I, it's not the I first time been, I've been lost, asked. <laughs> okay, it's thank not the you. first time I've been asked. Like, are you are you fucking joking or not? I can't <laughs> tell with you, dude. Sorry. Oh man. Um, <laughs> uh, so then Marty and Doc's, you know, they start hatching their schemes and whatnot. Uh, he has a huge contraption that makes ice that's just ginormous and huge. It Again, makes Willy Wonka noises. That's a 10 out of 10 for me. Right. <laughs> that's true. I find it odd that like it, it's in this moment, like especially when Maggie pours Marty's water earlier, that I'm like, Doc really is choosing this lifestyle right now. Like, <laughs> right. This it's is rough. what he he he's happy here with this brown dirt water, like. I don't know. I guess we don't see him. I, I would have preferred. I don't need to see an ice cube maker because that ice cube is filthy looking. I would have Darryl rather have would, seen um, him figure out a way to filter the water. That's would you 
Would you choose to live now or would you choose a different era to live in? I feel like we've discussed this before on our show. That's a good question. I don't know. I would probably would have been in my 20s in the 80s so that way I could have gotten in on the comedy boom and then seen where my career actually came. went. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I, yeah. Mountains of blow. I'm, I, no. I would have loved. No. I would, I would like to be in my early 20s in the early 90s, I think. So just a little bit before my oh, time wow. now. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I, I, well yeah, I, I, I do like the time we live in. Uh, I, it's hard to imagine a different time. But but when you guys mention different scenes and stuff, it, it would have been nice to be a musician before streaming existed so that when you made an album, you could actually make money from it. That would be cool. That would be an interesting experience. Yeah. <laughs> Back Absolutely. when there was a record industry, like <laughs> yeah, but yeah. then of course at the same time you have a record industry then, so right. maybe like right when the 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 singer like right when the the indie boom was happening would have been a fun time to be twenty making music. Sure, right on. Uh, yeah, for me, yeah, but, Jordan, yeah, it's yeah. A, you, Jordan? not super fun to think about it when you're a girl. Because if you oh, think yeah. of most things in the past, of it's like... Can, can we just go forward? Can I skip like 20 years? Yeah. Of so, course. Because I I, th- I would talk about this with my sister because my sister really likes the 50s. And it's like, yeah, that sounds like a fun time. And then it's like, but you would just be a housewife. <laughs> it would, That's boring. Say, uh, so bring I, the getaway sticks over here, Dave. <laughs> Let's say talk to you like that. You don't yeah, need that. I, I don't want that. So I guess... I guess around now. I mean, I I would appreciate living in a time where it would be easier. Uh, you would I would feel like I have more of a leg up on being an artist. Yeah. So a little bit. In right the past. But okay, let's take out the <laughs> let let's go on a strictly like you won't get hurt and you won't die, and you can like witness history kind of moment. Just be there, kind of thing. Yeah, be there. <clears throat> Whoa. Kennedy assassination. For sure. That would be crazy. Yeah. I'd be up on that grassy knoll. No, I want to know. I want to be two on that grassy knoll. <laughs> and then I would get, they'd think it was me. And that's the paradox that I would create. Yep, yep. By going back. Like, oh, yeah. shit. They think I'm the second guy on the grassy knoll. <laughs> How about you guys? Kill Hitler? Uh, well, I'm I'm thinking not, it's not an interacting scenario. You're just witnessing oh, it. Uh, right. It would be pretty cool to see dinosaurs. I mean, I, yeah, it, especially because I I made mm-hmm. the whole caveat on how I won't die, so it would just be cool to be like, you know, travel around the world and just see dinosaurs fighting and stuff like that. That would be, be pretty, like pretty epic. Oh, we got it so wrong in the movies; they don't look anything yeah. like <laughs> that. Yeah, it would be that would be pretty cool. But but cool. prime the 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 show Primal scratches my itch for that. True. Yeah. That's a tough How one. How about you I guys? Know. I don't yeah. know. Probably the Wild West for Jeremy, I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to that dirt water, man. Like, you, know, you just want to taste it. Yeah. Can I say want. how I good wanna, is it? I do. This is tied to Back to the Future. The menu that you see in Jared's background on his video mm-hmm. is from a sketch show we did. And the opening sketch we did was just literally a conversation where it's just us high school students debating the merits of the Back to the Future trilogy. And one of the cast members is like, what? Third one sucks. Why didn't they go back to the dinosaur era? That is literally wow. the line that we wrote. Uh, nice. <laughs> the whole, the... yeah, that whole 
person's thing throughout that whole sketch was just the dinosaur, dinosaur era. <laughs> yeah. The dinosaur. That whiny kind of. But it was yeah, so it was really cool dumb to sketch. do that. It, I thought it was cool to do that. Like, it was like um, kind of alt comedy, like 90s kind of like sketch comedy, like conversational kind of deal. Meta. Yeah, I thought to it was me, cool. To me, it was just a way to get as many kids into the production as we possibly could so we can reserve the good people for the good sketches. I have a different memory. <laughs> so I put you in there as the grounder. Like you're going to ground this sketch. Everybody else is going to navigate around you. That's what they call me. I'm the real, I'm the grounder. You're the grounder. I'm the grounder. Um, Big G. So we, we definitely, that, that all I want to say is just that that proves our love and affection of the series uh, in our high school days. We wanted to, we believed in it so much. We wanted to make it the subject of a sketch, love but um, anyway, we're, uh, they meet up, right? And he's got his ice machine. <laughs> yeah, he's got his ice machine. Yeah. They, they, so they need to figure out fuel because because the, uh, the the fuselage broke or something like that. Some the car part line. broke. He, he, he blew fuel the fuel line. line off the car. Yeah. yeah, and I know what that is and how it works because I'm a man and I know a lot about cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so they. The, then this is when they start con- concocting like the train situation. They need to be pushed to 88 Which, miles per hour. I mean, we're talking trains now. Let's go. Yeah. We've had flying cars. <laughs> we've had regular cars. Let's get on the locomotive. Let's get some steam action in let's, here. Let's ride some rails, guys. <laughs> I love it. This is great. Um, and so then they're they're out at the loco. And, and this is also a, a, a detail I really loved is they go to the bridge where the ravine is. And Marty goes, well, it runs out of track. What are, what are we going to do? And he goes, well, by my calculations, we'll be up to 88 miles per hour. And then this bridge is finished in 1985. So then you will just glide. You'll continue to glide. And then it'll be one hell of a explosion or one hell of a crash for the train that, that falls off of the mm-hmm. edge. And that if- is freaking great. But Doc, what if I get to present day and there's a train just head out immediately? Marty, I know the whole train's scheduled by the heart. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's also like, I don't know how land development works, but that's a giant ravine. You don't? And then in 1985, that bridge is there, but like, he he's like on the bridge and he looks over and there's a road of people like where yeah. the ravine would be. I thought I he zoomed know. past it and then he's like hitting the brakes. I I, I mean he glide. I don't know. That's a good point. We actually. may never know. The, I feel we, like because he does the, zoom. We can't go back. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the fire goes like at least halfway through the ravine, and I don't think he's gonna be able to stop immediately. So I think it would take him, you know, he gets through the ravine, stops, and then he's at, like, the first street after that. Well, you're right. I, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> that it's sounds just, about right. When you see it in 1985, geographically, you're like, where is the ravine right well, now? Oh, yeah, because yeah. there's yeah. no, the I don't see any sign of a ravine anywhere. He's looking back and <laughs> yeah. forth. He's like, see, where's the train coming from? they live in Springfield. Yep. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Or sometimes um, they're at the Pacific Ocean and sometimes it's the Atlantic, whichever yeah. we need. Sometimes yes. it's a desert. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's a, during this time when they when uh the teacher comes. Yeah. Okay. And they, they save run into her. Clara. They save yeah. her. Yeah. Um 
And then he he it's, pretty immediately well, no before that before that when they're talking about the ice brother at the refrigerator thing, uh, they're trying to speculate who Clara is because Doc hadn't met her yet. Yeah, and right. he Mar- that's when Marty's talking about well it's like me and Jennifer it's just like we just couldn't take our eyes off each other all this stuff. And I just thought it was f- like funny that. You know, Jennifer is barely in these movies. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know the relationship. She has like five minutes of screen time. Yeah. In the and whole I know series. the relationship's like off screen. I know that. But it's like, I, I am witnessing this true love blossoming between Doc and this woman. And apparently, Marty, <laughs> yeah, some like 17 year old boy, <laughs> is like, has the same love with this Jennifer girl <laughs> that he put in an alley. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even ask about her. There's no reverse well, Bechdel in this where he's like, man, I better think maybe I should check on Jennifer. None of that. He's just like, well, what do we got to do, Doc? I think, you know, as much as he loves Jennifer, his first love is adventure. Yes. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely, Jared. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so then it's like the the dance, right? ZZ Top's sitting there. ZZ Top, yeah. They're playing. (laughs) They're great. And they they even do the spinning. Yeah, you were about to say it. He does the... I do the motion here. He spins his drum. (laughs) Right after after Doc almost gets murdered on the dance floor, they go, all right, let's get this shit going again. And not in a dance battle, mind you. No. No, no, no. With a pistol. That's right. Um, Buford smuggles in a, a pistol, doesn't he? Even though... He's not allowed. There's they check him at the door. Yeah, this one's in his hat. <sighs> Crafty. Little teeny p- pistol. Little teeny piddle. Little teeny piddle. <laughs> and there's the there's like the the big payoff, which is just kind of funny, uh uh of Marty being good at the video game and back to the future too. Cause he he does the the um what are those called? Like the little carnival tent game. And he uses a gun and he nails everything. And they're like, whoa, that's crazy. That was a real gun, wasn't it? Well, no, it was. But I mean, in Back to the Future 2, yeah. he's doing, it's kind of like a payoff to that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he just, he, he, he instinctively knows how to handle a pistol with recoil and everything. You know, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's, it's all, it's yeah. all the same as a little plastic. Yeah. Do you guys NES think gun? that uh, uh, ZZ Top are also time travelers in this universe, and they have like uh, an equivalent of a DeLorean? I, I mean, I know that you're fishing for some good old fashioned comedy, and the good thing to do would be to, you know, yes and. Yeah. But I no. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. He's shutting it down. I, I, I like to imagine it's it's only it's only Doc and Marty, you know. Well, it's what is it? Is this their ancestors though? Now that's something I can get it. Maybe this is AA top. And this yeah. is where we disagree completely. <laughs> <laughs> I think ZZ Top are time travelers, time lords, actually. And I think that they assume different identities, like who, every time that the ratings get low. Yeah. yeah, I'm into that. That's how it works. I would say time wizards just because of the beards. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the only thing. As, I as long say. as they're spinning them drums <laughs> and guitars, they hit the they oh, hit the they? guitars too. I was just so focused on the skins when he does. I don't. The... I, don't I, I ain't impressed. You know what? If you can spin a harmonica, then I will. Uh, I'll be more impressed. That's easy because you feel the holder like you know Dylan. <laughs> Or he's someone like Dylan. I'm not talking about he a holder, just... Dan. I'm saying if you could spin a harmonica <laughs> while you're the way playing that... it. Yeah. 
Uh, well, so there must be some kind of protuberance out of the the harmonica. <laughs> then you you spin it so that it does like a whole three sixty spin. Do you even know what I'm talking about, Dan? Do you do you get yeah, what I'm, I'm trying? Saying? Yeah, uh, I am, and I'm trying to make it logically sound. You have to have a <laughs> protuberance <laughs> that comes out of the harmonica. Honestly, so that way you can spin it. It's right. much simpler than that. You know those little flower spinners that are in yards? You just put a, a harmonica, pinwheel? a pinwheel. But he has to be playing the <laughs> harmonica. In the yard. <laughs> but <laughs> if, if you it's one if of those you, flower <laughs> spinners. <laughs> I, I thought I didn't know that. Yeah. You didn't know there's a name for that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. So you attach it to that. And then you spin and you just, because you can blow on a harmonica from a, a, a small distance and then you could just mm, play that well, middle you'd, note. You'd have to uh, have uh, some it's a hell of a breath to... <laughs> it's a big lung. Uh, so here's what I'm going to say, okay? I know we, we do not have the biggest audience in the world, but I am, I am on my knees begging someone in our audience to film a video of them attaching a harmonica to a pinwheel and attempting to do it. With a protuberance. If, if yeah, you were, and, 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 and guess tag what? it. If you are already not a patron, mm -hmm. I, I will... I, no, 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 I won't say that. I, if, you do, if someone does that, I will send you the album, downloads to the album. I'll give you $75. Just give me your address. I'll or give you five. That's $80. Whoa! That's $80. <laughs> to bring it back yeah and and i i don't know i don't know if i'll send you the album early but you'll get you'll get a download you'll own the album how about that hey oh, get oh, bust out your, deal. Bust this is out what your I'll do. bust out your flower spinners audience. wait wait he's sweetening it he's sweetening I, it Hold i'll on. send you the album on release day downloads but i will send you because i'm working on posters that will have like the lyrics on the back and everything and you'll get a free poster if i see a legit video of you having a <laughs> harmonica attached to a pinwheel and and spinning and, it and playing, it, it has and to be. And you have to play a song for us. You have to play a song in its entirety. Yes, like, it's and I'll, not I'll a big draw. Deal. I'll draw a picture of the harmonica on the pinwheel. Yeah. Of what I, you created, I'll draw it. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. So I, 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 I someone's great. gonna do it. People are listening. They're like, "I'll just pay for the album." Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Why no, would I go through is... all this trouble of the pinwheel? I could just buy the album. <laughs> I I like this. I, I like, like it this too. Idea. Mm -hmm. I, because I just want to see it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's. I mean, the greatest believing. the greatest yeah. reward is the satisfaction of knowing that you attached a harmonica to a, a pinwheel <laughs> and yeah. played it, protuberance or not. Which would be very top heavy, I imagine, because those pinwheels are held up by these little plastic sticks. <laughs> you can you get know? you can get a big sturdy one. You just get like uh, a yeah. You, you probably right. get a plastic harmonica. Oh, yeah, like a toy. Hey, but hey, don't you dare hey. get a kazoo. Caveat: Do not make it. Uh, you has to be a honer. It has to be like a name brand harmonica. <laughs> now they're spending money, big money on harmonicas. It has to oh, be. But he's e. got a it has to be an, It has to be an E. The key of E. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It has to be an E harmonica too. No, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you this. It, it can be any harmonica for for mine i'm not i'm not going to speak to the 75 dollars but the poster sending no, it's 80 dollars 80 dollars it's 80 dollars yeah. <laughs> so, um uh no deal uh, <laughs> if it's a fake harmonica it has to be real okay yeah. well i mean it still has to be a real harmonica it just it doesn't have to be name brand it has to be metal yes yes absolutely agreed <laughs> <laughs>
They're just in the boards. They're just turned into what's his name from Stranger Things. Uh, Eddie. Yeah. Eddie. Yeah, Eddie. They're just turned into Eddie. Oh man! So but, either but, people are loving this and it's their favorite episode, or they are are not going to finish it because this I is. Hate these I am loving this, but this is they're crazy. terrible. Uh, <laughs> I Talk about, about a movie Back for once. Yeah. So uh, um, we I got we, something. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, please. I was just uh, my, say... my son come later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a del- it's a it's just a deleted scene I wanted to talk about that I thought was super funny and interesting that could we I could bring up literally any time of the, the episode. Only thing, <laughs> the only thing I was gonna say was we we had to Google pause movie and Google this, right? About the frisbee thing. Yes. So yeah. this movie taught us something yesterday. Yeah, because frisbees there was a company, the frisbee or I think they still are a frisbee pie company. And that's like how they invented frisbees because college students and guys on their breaks would throw around the pie tins and they would kind the of college student part of drove because you didn't say that last night. I, I read that after I said oh, the other okay. part. And and workers like on their breaks would <laughs> throw like around the, the frisbees. The old pie tin. Yeah. That's what people say. <laughs> you guys want to go toss the old pie tin around? <laughs> uh, um, absolutely. That's what people said. I hope hey, I, I you, hope. You guys want to grab these uh serving platters and just uh, throw them around? No, but so toss you're telling me you toss you're tin? telling me that Michael <laughs> tossed the tin around a little bit. You guys want to toss the tin? Um, T-T-T. You're gonna tell me that that Michael <laughs> Michael J. Fox pulled a Forrest Gump. Maybe he like kind of beat them to it because like with and, like the smiley face, like the have a nice day. Happens to be the director of Forrest Gump, eh? Oh ah. shit! This guy's always fucking with time, Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> Man, this actually reminds me. I don't know if our listeners know this, but I'm like kind of obsessed with this. Uh, Mike and I have been getting really into Bollywood lately and Tollywood uh, and Tollywood Indi- Indian films. And yes. we've been watching We've seen several Amir Khan movies by now who yeah. is Mr. Bollywood. Uh-huh. And he is starring in a what really seems like a shot for shot remake of Forrest Gump. Yes. And yes. I want to see it so bad. But I it saw looks the like- trailer. And and, yes. and the thing that is interesting to me, and is is that it looks like he is doing the thing that Forrest Gump did, but with Indian history. So yes. he will like interact with like that the eighties and nineties of Indian yep. history. That seems so interesting to me because it's a whole other culture. It's a whole other series yeah. of events. I, I think that is super interesting. If you're going to remake a movie, why not do it that? I'm just looking up his, do you know what his equivalent of life is like a box of chocolates? I don't is? remember what it was. I'm but looking it up. Yeah, yeah. It was so funny. Well, I guess, I don't know if it was funny. I didn't know what it was. I'm assuming yeah, I it don't, was their equivalent, but I, whatever it is, is going to be funny to us. Like I the, guess the, <laughs> like, saying, the saying was even different. Right. And I'm sure it's, part of that um, comes down to translation, but yeah, that was funny too. I have to look it I up. I can't here. wait. But, but um, I, yeah, is who's that guy who, who like plays the little version of himself in the Bollywood movies? You know what I'm talking oh, about? VFX oh, broke it down and it looks yeah, like I, immaculate how they shrunk him down. Yeah. We got to watch that one. I haven't seen that one. Is that an Amir Khan movie? No, it's, it's okay. a different guy who's, who's very famous who's too. Really, yeah. And, and yeah, they they like make him, you know, like under four oh, feet, and it's like movie, yeah, insane how much. I think, uh-huh. I think you guys are thinking of Deep Roy and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that's it. I love the way they shrunk him down and multiplied him, like eighteen inches and like a thousand of them. Mm-hmm. 
That's the it. Augustus Gloop song that they did. <clears throat> Have you not um, found it yet, Dan? I'm, I pulled up the trailer. And You're watching the, sub- the trailer? Why <laughs> yeah, not taglines? Oh, yeah, I guess I could do that. <laughs> Lal, his name is Lal Singh Chada is the Forrest Gump Indian okay. remake. So I have to look up Lal Singh Chada tagline. <laughs> it it does show him running, which is pretty pretty fun. It doesn't He's... just show him running. It shows him running and the braces fall off. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh like yeah, the original. Y- you're thinking of Shah Rukh Khan as that as that guy's uh, name. Well, there's okay. The IMDb doesn't oh, have guy. any quotes yet. <laughs> Watch Damn the trailer, it. people. Yeah, you'll get it's like it, life is like something, and your heart will still be hungry after you eat it. It's like an like yeah, life is like an like Indian that. dish. Oh, Mike yeah, is pulling it up now. Uh, it's it, there's a lot of build up to this line here. And it's going to be worth it, you guys, because I'm going to pay each of you $75 at home. See, Mike is watching the trailer. My mom used to say life, life is like a gold gapa. Your tummy might feel full, but your heart always craves more. That's too wow. wordy. Like, it's way more wordy than the I, Tom I, Hanks quote. I wonder if it's not wordy, though. In Hindi. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sure yeah. it's it's wordy for us. It's Good probably point. just as beautiful and poetic. And I am excited. <laughs> Jeremy for that movie. looks so bored right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I'm trying to resist getting into how the Tom Hanks expression is kind of stupid because I'm like most boxes of chocolates have a little label and guide <laughs> <are>. key. <laughs> but he's just you know look at the lid man it'll tell you what what's in that box bro and this is what you guys did as your encore on that sketch night i bet mm-hmm. how do you yeah we yeah. were that was the sketch well, you know I we didn't we... encore there was no uh oh, please come <laughs> back for more yeah i don't know if sketch shows get encores <laughs> <laughs> how do we plug you that sketch you know, like just at the ready to come out like all right we're gonna do one more for you <laughs> That would be kind of cool. And then just like, take our spots. And then, like, it's this awkward, like, hey, man, what's like, we have to, like, wait. take that awkward beat. That's how it felt seeing um, Mitch Hedberg rest in peace. Everybody was finishing his punchlines. And I was like, this is like going to see a concert. Everyone's like singing along with the fucking oh, very band. Strange. It's, it was kind of like Dane Cook at, at the height of his powers, also. He'd do like callback jokes and stuff. I find that interesting. The, the rock star comedians. Um, yeah. Um, which I would have been if I had been 20 in the 80s. Yeah. Hey, yeah. but you're funny to us. Yeah. Oh, that's all that matters. I'm not being sarcastic. I don't care. <laughs> I don't, no, no, no. I, don't I actually didn't mean it sarcastic, but I realized it, it only no. sounds sarcastic no matter how you slice it. Yeah. But mm, I, you no, guys are I, funny guys. I'm being genuine too. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so the frisbee, the principal's the sheriff this time around. Yep. Uh, which oh, I had to rewind it to prove it to Jordan. Yeah, it didn't look like him to me. But that's it is. what I wanted I to talk it. about was the deleted scene. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> so the morning, I believe it's the morning of the duel that happens later. Buford Tannen kills somebody else, doesn't he, Jer, in the deleted scenes? He kills yeah. um the great great grandfather of Strickland, who Marshall happens to Strickland. be the marshal of this town as he's dying he says to his his dying words to his son who's in this movie you know you see him he goes remember the words son 
discipline. So <laughs> that really sticks in the Strickland like wow. ethos is discipline, which I mean, means he's a really still, BDSM. He still says it. He still <laughs> says it in the movie, but like, yeah, that right. to be like, oh, oh, discipline, like <laughs> dying words, discipline. Yeah. You know. So that's all I wanted. I think it's I think it's funny that they double nailed the point home and they knew that and they cut it out. <laughs> but also just how dramatic it is and how like you can devote your life to anything and he's he decides discipline yeah. is the yeah. thing he's going to <laughs> look where that got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh <laughs> So, uh, you know, I wrote it. (laughs) So thank you. My name is Bob uh, Gale. We find out that Seamus's brother was killed because of his pride. His name was Martin. Yes. And in the scene, uh, they call Marty. Buford calls Marty. Are you yellow? Yeah. Which is the whole chicken thing. Yeah. Last episode, we talked about how, like, it's this completely weird fabricated thing, this whole chicken thing that, that was yeah. never around in the first movie. And it just feels so silly. And at least since they're not saying chicken, at least it feels a little more aggressive in this movie because he actually might shoot him. But uh, it is kind of like, okay, this is the you know the payoff to that like made-up arc that doesn't really make any sense that we added. And you're kind of like, okay, <laughs> I wish you would have thought of like anything else for marty but we'll take it i guess well i mean he doesn't really have an arc in the first movie like it's just he just needs to get home and everybody else does the work he just is there and does what his part of it there's very little arc for him to actually get over it's really george mcfly who has the arc yeah well yeah you are right so yeah they have to just come up with something otherwise i i think it's funny I think it's funny and kind of cool that they're usually most movies today, like they'll make the first installment and they'll establish all the franchise tropes in that first one. And then they do the callbacks in the sequel in this series. They're establishing new tropes in the second movie that yeah. like, that is That's like true. really like burned in by the third that you almost feel like it was in the first or I do like, yeah. has this been a, I think they do a great job at that. Actually. It's, it's, it's not an easy thing. Do you, do you have, um, any examples beyond the chicken beyond thing? that? Like it's, well, we'd have to think of other franchises and, Oh no, and I mean they... in the back to the future. Oh, where they, oh. In this, they're kind of referencing two instead. Um, of one. No, I'm just the, just the chicken thing. <laughs> they set <laughs> okay. that up in two and then they keep it going in three. And it almost like they, uh, what's the, um, they Mandela you almost into thinking that this uh-huh. chicken thing was in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Um, but, uh, then is this when he breaks up with, with, uh, Clara? No, I think this is like the night that they fall in love truly with yes. each other. And Christopher Lloyd has his first on-screen kiss. Do you know that for a fact? It is, that's true. Okay. First really? On-screen kiss of his career. Wow. For Making movies at least since 1975. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. But, but. Kind of sad. We, we, uh. Why? <laughs> Maybe his character's didn't <laughs> call to be kissed. <laughs> Who's going to kiss that guy in Cuckoo's Nest? Do you remember <laughs> like, what the name of that movie was that, that like this movie's playing on that we had no idea? Huh? Oh, perfect. So you don't remember. <laughs> what do you mean? It was the movie with Danny DeVito and, and Mary Steenburgen in it. Huh? Okay, hang on. I got to go through his whole filmography to the beginning. 
Um, yeah, he's in a movie called Another... No, wait. Oh, the one with Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson. That's what it was. Sorry. I forget what that movie's called. There's a movie called Going South. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, going, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Going South. And we, uh, I know it, the cover. I believe, like, yeah. uh, like, I think, isn't that the one that John Belushi's in? Like, the uh, last yeah. one yeah. he was in? Yeah. 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 Directed by Jack Nicholson, and it stars Jack Nicholson, Mary Steenburgen, and Christopher Lloyd, and it takes place in the Old West. So I feel like that had to inform their casting in this a little bit. Even though yeah. this that movie has no like cultural staying power. Why would but, that inform their casting? Well, it just feels like that's too strange to two put. Two stars from the same two movie stars. that was okay. same genre. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. Like chemistry. It, it does you know. it does make it easier to like see what that is the chemistry test, I guess. And like the wardrobe test to a certain degree. That's a good point. Uh, but I, you know, I don't know what happens in that movie, so I don't know. You know, Christopher Lloyd might be a bad guy or something. I don't know. But yeah, I don't. I guess I have to watch Going South. <laughs> I guess we all like have to watch Going South. Is it under ninety minutes? Let me let me check. Because maybe <laughs> we it? could make an event out of it. If it is, yeah, it's yeah. yours. <laughs> ah, one forty-five. Ah, figures. Uh, Bit too long. Son of a. But this is when they bond over Jules Verne. Yes. And then they kiss. Which and made then, me realize I want to read uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That sounds fun. Yeah. You should read it. But uh, he doesn't come home. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because Marty wakes up and we see his little butt. We do see his little butt. <laughs> a couple of times, driver. too. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say that it. Uh, I was surprised at how little it was when I saw like just like, <laughs> like look at that little thing. You got a little, got a little butt. A flat butt. It reminds me of like my three-year-old, well, my soon-to-be three-year-old son, like had a growth spurt and grew upward, but like his weight didn't like <laughs> yeah. he was still like he his he didn't put on any more weight. So for a little <laughs> while there, he just had this weird, like flat Michael J. Fox butt. It was really funny looking. <laughs> <laughs> Did hilarious. you say that to him? No. Because <laughs> I, I didn't, I was not looking at my son's butt and thinking of Michael J. Fox. I was looking at Michael J. Fox and <laughs> oh, thinking, Oh man, you should have missed opportunity. I, it's just the cycle, the order of events. <laughs> oh. Well, anyway. your son will find out about it one day when he's older and decides to take the dive on all, all podcasts relating to you. Yeah, and then oh, he'll listen yeah. to this and be like, "What the? Why heck? did you say that I have a Michael J. F- like, <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? You really confused me there. Dad, who's Michael J. Fox, and why do I have a butt like him? <laughs> He's the guy who cured Parkinson's, and your butt is like that <laughs> single hand genetics. You know, oh, so. Man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, fall in love. Then they, they're going to have to break up. May or up. may not get it on. May yeah. or may not. I like and, to think I they mean, did. Yeah. I, I do, mean, certainly in the dialogue, it is implied, I think. That's true. That's true. It is It is the time, though, and he, he seems to be a bit of a romantic in the, like, he's a classy guy kind of way. So maybe they just cuddled. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he Some did that Some tender either. kisses. Yeah. You know? It's a free, <laughs> you know, first date stars. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. He is a gentleman. He's certain. He's like, and I could see like. And he's I was, taking like, off watching, his hat. That's how gentlemanly he is. <laughs> and I was watching it with my wife. And um, I said to her, like, do you find like Christopher Lloyd? Like, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's not that sexy. But he's like, 
he's he's like the, probably the most gentlemanly in the, within a fucking hundred mile radius. So of course, you know that that counts for something. And he's smart yeah. and resourceful. True. You know, true. So whatever, looks be damned. Although I don't know where guys, where does Christopher Lloyd rank? How fuckable is Christopher Lloyd, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. You know this is that kind of show. <laughs> I know. That's t- that's definitely a conversation for 90 under 90. So if you guys ever want to know, like, fuck, Mary kill, like Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, or Mary Steenburgen, we'll do that, like, on 90. We'll do that on our uh, episode. This uh, uh, Well, by the time this one is out, it'll already be out. We're, we're covering Back to the Future 1. Uh, specifically to tie and in we definitely do the fuck mary kill for like every chance we we're get. gonna do that it's we're like gonna jump Huey ahead lewis, and talk about mary Steenburgen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> huey lewis the news michael j fox you gotta fuck one marry one kill one who's it gonna be oh i guess boy. i'd kill so, the news so folks listen to that if you want to hear that yeah, part of we're, it we're gonna... <laughs> or you know i was just kidding just like discover for yourself like it's just like whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> like discover for yourself. It's just like check it out, whatever. Like, or you know, it's a pretty good show. I think it's all right. Anyway, it is. It, it is a good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that you're you're plugging early, but it's fine. Uh, and and makes sense. I mean, it is Back to the Future Month, basically. Yeah, for me in my we, household. Yeah, we finally finished Star Wars this month. Well, I guess what our listeners know this, this is September. Oh, this comes of course out. it's September. Of course it's the Friday mm-hmm. of the September. Oh, and this this is a September's uh, September October series. So, because it takes place in September, this ep- this movie takes place in September. Okay. Then the other movies take place in October. Beautiful. Oh. We planned it that way. Yeah, that we definitely planned surely. it that way for sure. Ah, um, kiss. But then, okay, so then Doc's like, "I gotta stay. I gotta be science minded. I can't think with my heart. Or I mean, I gotta leave." That's what he says, <laughs> and so. He goes to the bar. Another, I'm going to say it, 10 out of 10 joke. He orders liquor and he just holds it. (laughs) And that's all he does. (laughs) And the guy's even like, you remember what happened last time? And they're also worried. And he's like, leave the bottle. But he has no intention of drinking any of it. You're skipping (laughs) some stuff, but yeah. Well, I mean, that's when you can fill in. Oh, but I don't remember. Well, I don't know what to tell you. He doesn't have a night with her, and then he just breaks up with her the next day or the next morning. But that's fine. I don't remember. Me neither. <laughs> no, the next day, Marty sees him walking about sniffing this little that's flower right. that he's got, Lutineer, and he's all yeah. like, "Doc, we got to get ready for this." And, and Marty, and he's all like, "There's a life, beautiful Marty." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, you know, train. Oh, we gotta, we gotta that's what they they see the tombstone. Uh, being constructed or chiseled yeah. on, and then they look at the photograph, and um, Doc's name is gone. Yeah, and they surmise that it's going to be Marty's because yes. he's, this duel is going to happen. And the the guy who does the suits is also measuring him for the coffins. <laughs> yeah, he's creepy. Uh-huh. Very creepy. That's just um, that's all. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Morning, Mr. Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, see, Jared, Jared encapsulates that perfectly. I I know that that gentleman is creepy. He's creepy, you guys. Oh, is wait, are, is the actor also creepy? No, we're just saying that the character is. <laughs> I movie, keep just... getting caught up in some strangeness. <laughs> no, the way he sidles up, we're just and he he is. Just you like, insinuated that we had Eastwood. we had a you know 
There was a there was a deadline article I hadn't read or something. About oh no, it. guys! <laughs> I don't know if you know the news about this guy, but by <laughs> creep, famous for the coffin guy in Back to the Future Three and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We're mysteries. Uh, <laughs> that didn't happen, and you're welcome on the show anytime, guy. Coffin guy. <laughs> Um, maybe actually, I, I don't really know anything about you. You're tentatively welcome on the show. Anytime. Oh, you don't want him on the show, bro. <laughs> you He's do creepy. not want him on He's this creepy. show. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there's going to be a shootout. Uh, the, the stakes are there. The breakup has happened. But there's so Marty says, let's do the duel at eight because they're supposed to be gone by then. Yeah. But they're not gone by then. Yes. And Mary, that's, Carla's that's like, that's one of I'm those examples leave. of like the first movie where it's just like, why don't you give yourself a little bit more time than 10 minutes to get, I know. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. you know, uh-huh. like it, it's, you know, it just, I don't know. But it kind of rules because he does say, and this is like pre Ryan Reynolds being a movie star. And so it's still funny. Uh, Marty says, um, why do we always cut it so close? What Ryan Reynolds thing are you predicting? Oh, I just, you know, Ryan Reynolds always looking down the camera and telling you how you should react to everything. Oh, that's a little annoying. Get mint bubble subscriptions. Yeah. Yeah. So nowadays I feel like some of those meta commentary things are just very annoying. But in this, would you say overdone? 90 overdone? Certainly. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to do well. Any fan of our podcast would know how much you love Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I've I've really he's really worn thin on See, me. Um, Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> yeah, Hobbs and Shaw. That was that was basically it, me screaming about the, how much I don't I like The Rock and and uh, even more so Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. And yeah, I was then, gonna say is is Ryan Reynolds in Hobbs and Shaw? Or are you just like he is. So you? Oh, is he really? Oh he God! Is. And, and he plays. Let's see, Deadpool, like he always does. So <laughs> Deadpool's in it. Um, Wonderful. And it's pretty annoying. And uh, I can't think about Fast and Furious. Gosh, what a terrible series of movies Sorry to that make people you like. <laughs> I hate them. And we have to go see Fast 10 in theaters next year because of our podcast. Right. You're stuck now. We're part of, Micah, We're I part can, of the problem. I can fully <laughs> relate to this problem. I will also say two things can be true. Um, yes, this sucks that you have to do that. Um, two, you don't actually have to do that, though. <laughs> well, really, that's... you kind of don't have to. He's hey, they I, cover the franchises, Jared. I know extensively. I know. But you can pretend for a moment, like, oh, we're gonna wait until uh, it, you know, comes into uh, home release, and then you could pretend like, oh, no, we just didn't get to, and then you could just keep pushing it back. Gaslight the audience. Well, yeah. I, I would, yeah. kind, of, I'm, kind of, I'm in your boat on that. But unfortunately, <laughs> that series is our most ha, was our most requested. It really was. Oh, our, see? our fans unfortunately love them. Well, actually, a lot of them just wanted to hear what we said about them. But a lot of them love them. I know. I and know. I think uh, they. I don't of... think we ruined it for them. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. I, if they want to enjoy them, I'm glad they want to enjoy them. That's and please keep enjoying sucks. them. But. Don't enjoy them after 10, please. Don't enjoy them enough so that the box office receipts are low enough that we don't have to go see any more of these movies. Please. Do you guys think that the only reason that the series is going is that every member of the audience has a podcast and they are <laughs> obligated to finish the franchise? Uh-oh. We really are part of the problem. Uh-oh. You might be right. It's the first podcast-only driven franchise that exists. 
<laughs> they they interview Vin Diesel podcast audiences, baby. <laughs> gold mine, I'm telling you. That's, that's more words than he's used to saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, but we we can't. We've already gone too yeah. far down that rabbit hole. Um, during when when Doc Brown is not drunk, but we think he's drunk, he's telling everyone what's going to happen in the future. And they have that one guy, I forget his name, but he talks like this. <laughs> and he he's sure the does. best. And I love him. He's, he's one of the bullets in uh, Roger Rabbit, too. Yes. Really? Actually, yeah, actually I believe yeah. all three of those guys at the table, really? one of which is Harry Carey Jr., uh, yeah. are voices of the Whoa. bullets in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's awesome. Great. I love that. You, you can't help but love it. And, and he's kind of like, the uh, uh uh doc says yeah in the future we run but we do it for fun and he goes run for fun what the hell kind of thing to do is that <laughs> <laughs> it's so great everybody everywhere will say that clint eastwood is the biggest yellow belly <laughs> in the west <laughs> 10 out of 10 that that is a 10 out of 10 joke. I, I'll give it, it that. It really is. It really is. Because they don't spend a lot of time on it. Like, get it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then... Um, he does take the shot, though, and he, he passes out. He's yeah. And then the bartender goes, that's a fellow who can't handle his liquor. Love it. <laughs> I love it. The <laughs> end of this movie is just so great. Mm-hmm. And then they got to sober him up with some weird pepper pickled... Pepper pickled pipe to pepper... You know, that wake up juice, wake yep, up, wake juice. up juice mm-hmm. takes him 10 minutes. He gets up and then uh, and then they run to the train. No, they do the duel, buddy. Oh, they do the duel. You're right. Outside Ooh. Tannen is counting down and he does. the. Uh, is it the good, the bad and the ugly? Uh, I, I, I just I wanted to. I, I think so. The, the, the I think so. Yeah. Which he I watches in say... two, I think. Right. Yeah. I want to say the trope that they not only do they set up the chicken thing, they set up the bulletproof vest in two and it plays out in three, and there's no bulletproof vest in one, is there? Uh, or no, yes, there is. There is. There is. There is. Yeah. There's a big one. Uh yeah. I forgot. So yeah, bulletproof vests are like a fucking trope of the I Back to the that. Future yeah, movie. That's cool. It's weird. I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Doc Brown, like, yeah, faking his death there uh at the yeah. beginning of one. So yeah. But yeah, but, he, Marty. Yeah, Marty gets shot, but he's wearing the iron door. Yeah, to the right. stove, and then and then he punches uh, Bu- uh, Tannen, and he, yeah, he chooses him. not to fight, but he still fights him, but not in the way that he had been provoked to do so. Which is good in Seamus's yeah. eyes. So and in ours as the audience. Okay, yeah, uh, and then he gets knocked into some manure. Yeah, but of course. <laughs> great. <laughs> manure, time. another trope. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's weird then, what the tropes of the BWTF are. The Jones family's are. been hauling manure since the 1800s. <laughs> yeah, you gotta gotta have a hey. If you're gonna make a Back to the Future, guys, I'm looking for that manure. If you ever remake it, and I, of course, I hope you do. I really hope you remake <laughs> it. Uh, I, I gotta see manure, like a big, big silo of it, because you gotta go bigger. Yeah, silo. And, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, well, what what we have happen is like. The, like next week after the Ferris Bueller uh, uh, announcement, they're like, we are actually doing a spinoff of Back to the Future, and it's about the manure farmer. 
Oh, uh, oh! I think you find say... out you find out he's maliciously been like following <laughs> yeah, yeah. the the tannins around throughout history. Yeah, to always mm-hmm. have it ready for him. Yeah. For them. <laughs> and it's that just he's been a... keeping and, them in business. Yeah, and remember, we never meet Biff's parents. He lives with his grandma. Yeah, in oh, yeah. 1955, his parents died in a manure accident. Oh, <laughs> whatever that means. Yeah, and that's that what the like whole an movie... origin movie. Yeah, but yeah, you know what I want to see is is. Well, if it's if we're doing like blank blank a Star Wars story, like a Back to the Future story, I want to see <laughs> Libyans a Back to the Future story. <laughs> I want to see the used pinball machine parts. I want to see, <laughs> see the Todd Phillips uh, Joker style oh, Tannen yeah. movie. Oh which yeah, would be great and treat everything respectfully. Oh, definitely. That's the one. Mm-hmm. That's the Tannen. Oscar winning one. Tannin uh, in big letters across yeah. the screen. <laughs> oh, so, but good. which which Martin Scorsese movie is it going to be? A cat- uh, well, uh, what, no, which two Martin Scorsese's is it a combination of? Uh, Kundun and The Last <laughs> Temptation of Christ. <laughs> that's what that's what uh, Tannin is. <laughs> He's not ready for his fate. He's showing his human side, a little desire, but also Kundun. So <laughs> there's that. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> are you, when are you guys going to do Kundun on your, uh, on your podcast? Whenever um, they make the two sequels. Yeah. When they make a franchise right. out of it. I forgot. <laughs> you know what sucks though? I, I've been slowly for years going, uh, watching all of Martin Scorsese's movies and that movie is never available. Any, it's not even like on iTunes to buy uh-huh. or anything. Like I can't find that movie. Yeah, and it's I also like, think uh, I saw it when I was a little kid, but I don't know for sure. It's the redheaded what? stepchild that, like, I'd say, Age of Innocence is a couple of his bastard children. <laughs> That's yeah. they probably want to bury maybe is a little the one bit about more. About the kid. Yeah, he's yeah. like a. Yeah. I feel like I, I saw think that he's when I was a, a kid. the Dalai Lama. Is that? Uh, I don't know. I don't want okay. to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but, uh, if you ever come across a copy, you know, send it my way and I'll I'll cash app you or whatever, you know. $75 plus five. Okay, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's $80. Let's keep it, let's keep it, you know, below that. All right. Model. All right. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. A b- bottle of Kentucky red eye. Deal. There we go. There we go. Bring there it back. There. Shake on it. Um, so then are we, can we get to the train? Are we at the train yet? I think we're there. Yes. Tannen gets knocked out and then he, they pretty much are like, oh, train. <laughs> this yeah. act is still going. We're still in act three, Marty. Keep yeah. going. shot. Let's all look at our watches. No <laughs> respect. <laughs> you know, they, they get on the train. He has logs that will like speed it up. Love. Uh, they have walkie talkies that have cans Behind them, which is... Uh, They've had that... The, they got that in 1955. Oh, he did? Casino. I thought it yeah, was the like other a, doc gave them to a play on the, on the well, like... Having... No, 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 I'm not saying it's not, but... Oh, okay. I don't, it's just I don't know what it. the hell that thing on the back... I mean, he obviously, he got the walkie-talkies in 1955, and they were these little flat plastic things, but then that big brick thing on the back, I don't know what that is supposed to be. I guess it's just some giant battery thing. I, 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 I thought it was a can. No, like it a, is, but there's something attached to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Micah yeah. is obsessed. It's like he he saw the string attached to them. It's just so funny. I thought it was just a joke. <laughs> I, I I didn't remember them I mean, ever getting was. them, and I thought the joke I thought the joke was just that they the cans were working 
And I thought that was so funny, but I guess it wasn't a joke. They're, they actually no, got I, them I think from it somewhere. Is, I think it is supposed to look like what you thought was funny. Let's just keep going. <laughs> Too many layers. There's a, they cheat, though. This is the West, and they're using a hoverboard at a yeah. certain point there. And, you know, Great that's, moment. that's anachronistic. I, if I was some, no, no, they could totally use it. I mean, who's to say they can't? It's just. They didn't like have DeLoreans in 1885. This movie yeah, doesn't work. That's what I'm saying. Like they're cheaters. They should have the genuine Western experience and they're robbing themselves of it, frankly. Such a ripoff. Yeah. Well, I, I, I should. I also want to shout out Sean Muir, who is a, he's been a guest on our, our, our Patreon episode of speed and he's a big train enthusiast. And I texted him last night and I said, Sean, you gotta get the doc Brown train. And he responded with, I once made it and he sent me a picture and he was not referring to the doc Brown train, but he got like a model of the DeLorean and he got that, that train and like put them together so that it would push the DeLorean. Oh my gosh. That's great. Freaking uh, awesome. That is very cool. Uh, he also made a model of the band train drops of Jupiter, like life size. <laughs> like it was like, Hey, soul sister, you know, that song. It was oh, like yes. that. <laughs> you know, the movie that won Grammy for song of the, I mean, song. <clears throat> we're going to keep going yeah. we're on the train <laughs> and cinematically trains are inherently exciting since the day that those trains flew into the theater and everyone ran out screaming. Yeah. We love trains. <laughs> from the from the very first film. <laughs> like it's always the guy shooting, wasn't it? Like that. But that's that's I found that very funny. I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> so we love it and it just looks great. And Zemeckis is good at shooting movies, so it's just like thrilling. I just yeah, love he's it. He's good at his job. And and the hoverboard catching Clara awesome love it too that they're you know they're like we can't bring her it just would mess everything up and then it's like now we have no choice we're just doing it <laughs> yeah, yeah. love it gets we'll up to 88 it miles <laughs> <laughs> they, they get uh, up to 88 einstein? what where's einstein i think he's in 1985 yeah <sighs> i hope he's being fed well what is it marty said oh and the letter that uh doc sent him he says please take care of einstein yeah, me. I'm giving well, you my dog, Marty. Yeah, that's I hope assuming your parents that, don't mind. That's assuming Marty actually does that, though. He's too busy looking for Doc. I think that dog is malnourished. But he can I, he can travel no. to ten minutes before the dog dies yeah. and save the dog's uh, life. Say that's but that's see, what they mean by save the dog in that screenwriting book. Time travel. Just put it if you're stuck on a story and you're writing it. Have you yep. considered time travel? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. All right. Anyway, All right. 88 miles per hour over the canyon, and now it's called the the Emmett Canyon. Eastwood, or, Eastwood, Eastwood, Eastwood canyon. canyon. Oh, Eastwood that's ravine. right. Funny. Um, <laughs> Which is like, what, what does Clint Eastwood think about? Like, why is that named after me? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's named after the canyon. Or maybe he's not named Clint Eastwood if everyone thinks he's a yellow belly. What would Clint Eastwood's else? alternate be? Yeah. I'd like to think it's, well, I'll come up with it later. Who, what did you say? I said, what do you guys think Clint Eastwood's name would be if it wasn't Clint Eastwood? Hmm. Like, 
Yeah, that's that's a big question. I'll, I'll think yeah. about that. I don't think it'd be Clint Eastwood though. Robert uh, Redford. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Jeff Robert Westworld. Redford. <laughs> Jeff Westworld. <laughs> Robert Redford. Jeff Westworld. <laughs> okay. All right. You got the answer so fast. Yeah, I love it. It's great. But then he makes it to 1985. Makes it on the train. Jumps out when another train of 1885 crashes into it and destroys the time machine. And Marty says... Well, it destroyed the time machine. And you're like, Doc's never going to make it back. But that's what Doc wanted. Yeah. He was going to destroy it. He goes, he finds Jennifer. She's still on the bench from the alternate time zone that they entered. Um, and he sees the... the. She she had a weird dream. Yeah. And she it's just her memories. But to uh, her, it's a dream. Yeah. And then she... Well, as, so then the, he gets the truck. He has the truck and um, Flea or Needles is like, dude, <laughs> let's race. And this is like the race where Marty gets injured. I think this is after the Doc stuff. but No, do, no Doc's the last like shot of the oh, okay. movie. But, uh, yeah, they go back. That's right. But uh, this is the, the... To the future. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Th- this is the one where Marty was supposed to ram into that Rolls Royce, hurt his hand, and he doesn't play music anymore. And he yeah. becomes a loser. Right. But it doesn't happen. He doesn't do it. Throws it in reverse. Yep. And then Jennifer takes this, finds this paper in her pocket that says, <laughs> you're fired. It's a fax from some um, weird company. And then it, it disappears. And hence, they've changed the, the future, to which Doc Brown will later say something to the effect of, your future is not written. written. You can create your own future. And we're left sobbing in the theaters. At Doc Brown's wise words. <laughs> mm-hmm. Covered in tears. Mm-hmm. Just, they can't stop. But then, uh, you know, then Doc Brown does come His little son points in. to his junk when they do that push-in, and we laugh at that. We think that's great. What? You know? <laughs> Watch, you really? You have to, if you, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can see it slowed down on YouTube. There's a shot when they're pushing in on Doc and he's talking to Marty about everything. <laughs> the, the little kid, kid he's like, it goes like this to the camera. No, he beckons it and then points at his crotch, like with a smirk on his face. It's very subtle, but yeah, it's like either Jules or Vern, one of those little shits. And uh, <laughs> wow. he points to his so, dick. So do you think that Michael J. Fox maybe has some sort of curse on film movies? You're talking about Teen Wolf? Because we got Teen Wolf and this, and they both involve. <laughs> no, I, I recently watched Teen Wolf, and it is literally the last freeze frame yeah. shot. So yeah. that dick is on that screen for just like the, <laughs> the last like 30 seconds slow fade. It's crazy. It's yeah. so unbelievable that it wasn't noticed because it's pretty. I, when I, because I just skipped to the end to see this famous shot. And I was like, I got to see that dick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just like, this is too unbelievable. I bet it's just, you know, like a weird looking shirt or something. Mm -hmm. You press play. It's pretty obvious. It's out there. And imagine, imagine you're the producers and you're watching the first cut in a screening room. Right. Crazy that that made it through. In a PG movie. But please tell me that you actually like watched the remainder of Teen Wolf and that's not, not the only I've reason. I've not seen the movie. It's, it's good. <laughs> I like that's Teen good. Wolf. Yeah. It's good. 
We grew up on Teen Wolf 2, though, grew so up that on might, Teen Wolf. might have uh, colored our, our childhood a little That's bit. That's true. It may not be very good for somebody who's only coming to it now. There's some really bad, like, oh, this is a, in, this is a cheap movie. Yeah. I, what I like about it is it's about, like, popularity and, like, mm. it, it's like a social politics of high school, too. It's not just, hey, he's a Teen Wolf. Like, oh, and, and I love how much lacrosse is in the movie, just like oh. that show. No. What lacrosse? The show, the Teen Wolf show, isn't it like all about lacrosse? Oh, like, oh. I was about the movie. Uh, yeah, well, the second one's wrestling, and then the show, I guess, is lacrosse. Yeah, is it Jason uh, Bateman? And in the, in the second yeah. one, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I feel like that I one's asked not that very good. Episode. I think so. I, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just no, laughing know, I'm that just we're talking about, about Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't get any. It, hey, more people should be talking about Teen Wolf. So hey, I, I got like a. Oh no, it's not. I was gonna say, is it on over ninety? No, I don't uh, care that much about Teen Wolf. Yeah, neither of us care that much about it. But you know, I think the exact right amount of people still talk about Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> That's the legacy, I think. Yeah, hey, man, maybe you're when right. there's a when there's a show. Uh, called Teen Wolf that's been running for six seasons. People yeah, are going to yeah. go back and be like, "Wait a minute, there's another movie called Teen Wolf." Yeah, the, 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 probably the back bigger up than Micah's ever. Point the the conversation continues with the show, you know. So yeah. I'm glad we're talking about Teen Wolf. What, what other movie are we talking about here? <laughs> well, Doc Brown's train is cool, and Sean, I think you should work on that, even though that's a big ask. But that would be cool. I think it'd be fun to work on. Well, yeah, I mean, it is one of your interests, so actually that probably would be fun, and it would be hard for someone like me who that isn't one of my interests to do. But you, I think you'd dig it. Sean, get to it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, sort of. But um, that's the movie, right? That's the series. Yeah, that's nice that's and, it. Nice and tight. Yes. Love that. I, I appreciated that so much, this viewing of like, man, yeah. this movie just moves and we're done in less than two hours. Yep. I, I don't know why I thought that this movie was slow the first couple times, because it really does just go beat, like the first movie, you know, where it's just like, boom, 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 we're done. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's a great series. Great. I'm glad that it's only three movies. Uh, yeah. Because it's all wonderful. Uh, but I, the only reason I wish it would be longer is because we cover a lot of slog in series that we cover where we hit a point where they should have stopped a long time ago. Yeah. So it's like, this has been just such a great palate cleanser that I'm sad that it's ending. Yeah. But also you they could, shouldn't make more. You could play the game, the video game and kind True. of get like a fourth story. Yeah. A Macaw podcast universe episode about the, the point and click back to the future <laughs> game that yeah. came out in 2012, I think. Something like that. I'm gonna do yeah. a hard pass on that. <laughs> Biff's but a gangster pretty... in that one. Like one of the timelines is he's a an old 1920s gangster. Oh, that's okay. okay. Now you got me. And <laughs> and uh, and Do uh, Marty teams up with Doc's teenage self too. Ooh, fun. Okay, that's pretty cool. Age appropriate, finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so since you mentioned that, uh, I mean, let's say what we're covering next, Jordan. Yeah, you'll have to just say it because I never. I'm always unsure. It's it's got like I think ten movies. Is it one of uh -oh. our best friends stars in it? Uh, character or one of our favorite character stars in it? Yeah. Mm. He's he's got he's big in my old dreams claws and he visits people and he oh. makes them not leave that dream world. We're doing a nightmare on Elm Street, folks. Right so on. excited. 
That, that's going to be good. I'm very excited for that. That's uh, I, yeah. The, pal- the palate cleanse continues. That'll be nothing but fun times. Yeah. I I think you will get to a you'll get to a point in Nightmare on Elm Street where you're like these movies don't need to happen, but you'll also be like, but they're still surprisingly entertaining. I mean, that's how we felt when we saw the second one, which I know is only number two in the whole thing. But it was like, what is happening? I love every second, but this is weird. We have watched five. Uh huh. I think two of them are fantastic. And the other three I would watch like any night because they're freaking so fun to watch, uh-huh. even I though do, they're not that good. I gotta, I, I'm worried though, because I'm sure the more recent ones are just straight up boring. Yeah, that's definitely possible. That's my fear. The remake is. Rough. I have seen the remake. Yeah. That was the first one I saw. Oh, is it fun? Well, then I, the hard part's over, I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you've actually yeah. gotten through the worst of it. Yeah, I I uh I don't know. I it was like a, you know, like a bunch of friends over kind yeah. of thing and we're watching a scary movie that, you know, so I think I think I also thought that scary movies couldn't be good. So there's a lot going on you've, in the psychology. You've changed and grown so much yeah. since then. But uh, yeah, that's what we'll be covering next. But I want to hear what you two have to plug. Oh, well, um, you can obviously hear our show every week, 90 Under 90, free on pretty much every platform you can get podcasts. Uh, and also uh, 90 Under 90, uh, our patreon.com slash 90 Under 90 for $1 a month. You can get everything that we do. Um, you will a guaranteed once a month episode of 90 Over 90 where we have a very tightly curated list of 90 movies that we will only do once. And then we won't be going over that this month on our show where we are covering back to the future one Um, on 90 under 90 proper. We have covered two of the nightmare on Elm street movies. If you want to hear alternate uh, takes on it after you listen to the macaws discussion, you've spoken to the director of one of the movies. That's true. We did. We spoke to Rachel Talley, director of uh, Freddy's dead, the final nightmare. Uh, That was a great, interview that we have you can find that in our feed and uh i will probably listen to that for research because i have since i haven't seen the movie i've been saving listening to that episode oh sure sure but um and then yeah eventually eventually we will also uh cover new nightmare on our 90 over 90 i don't know when we'll get to that but you know just keeping that nightmare on elm street going yeah awesome Um, yep and we got a movie it's been out since uh january of uh 2021 called an intervention uh, and intervention, not the intervention, not intervention. Uh, you can find that uh, Amazon Prime, Tubi, Google Play, Roku Channel, and then we got another movie coming out and realistically next year. And Micah scores awesome. uh, the main theme. It's it's great. So. I, I get to do the Huey Lewis type of thing where I yes. come in and I do Power of Love. <laughs> oh man, it'd be great if you could play the guy like on the megaphone. Like if we could somehow get a guy on a, like, a megaphone scene, you know, that would <laughs> yeah. be, uh, well, well, we got to reshoot some things. Yeah, uh, give me the call. <laughs> uh, as for us this month on our Patreon, we're doing The Protector 2. And I would imagine, because we're recording this in advance, that you will probably be able to buy pre-orders for my album right now uh which nice. should be pretty exciting i f- i think for the first time ever i'll be doing vinyl but it's only the singles because that's oh. all i can afford cool to be straight and honest with everybody so pre-order like crazy the album comes out november 4th listen to it listen to the songs share them please all that stuff but since you're the guest here more importantly hang out with the 90 under 90 yeah. boys
Thank you. Yes, yes. You, I mean, our, our shows are, uh, they make a nice double feature. They do. Uh, if, if they really do. Yeah. to listen to uh, uh, two people talk fairly intelligently about uh, a movie <laughs> franchise and then two people doing silly Ooh, voices and uh, <laughs> do anything but talk intelligently about the movie. That's right. I don't know about intelligent. We talked about pinwheels and harmonicas for a long time. <laughs> I'm That's waiting because we're on this har- one. We dumped it down. <laughs> I'm waiting on that harmonica pinwheel. Uh, yeah. The picture, the artwork, like basically the movie now, the book, yeah. uh, the movie now, yeah. everything. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you're you're always welcome on the show. You're yep. some of our favorite guests. Y- you um, have the record. Nobody's been on the show as many times as you guys. So Really? Um, wow. What an honor. Thank you. Great. Well, That's great. Uh, any yeah. any any uh any other franchise? I I'll I I don't want to speak for Dan, but I'll happily join on anything you want us to uh speak about. Yes. Awesome. And hopefully you two will both be uh, on our show again at some point in the not too distant future. Yes, oh, we will. Yes, please. We will. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next week for uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Bye. Yeah, um, I, I I gotta um, I, I I mean I hope I'm not uh, uh, un- unpacking anything here or gonna have you unpack anything. But what gives, Jordan? Not a fan of Brendan Fraser? I, I didn't tell her about this. She she hasn't heard it. <laughs> oh, no. What he What's is that? he is grating. He is really awful. <laughs> Happy oh, for him. Is it gonna be in a Scorsese movie? That's what it is. Well, I, I think there was something about Flowers of the Killer Moon, but I, I will not believe that that exists until it is Wish every happiness shown. for him, but I'm out. I oh. mean, if he was in a Scorsese movie, I would watch it. And, but I mean, just uh, like always or like... I, I, so <laughs> I saw The Mummy when I was a kid and I think I was too young to watch it. So it really scared me for one. Uh, but I just remember hating him. As a kid, he was so annoying to me. Oh, okay. I mean, that makes sense. You're, yes, obviously you guys are younger and therefore would not have been on board with the, uh, <laughs> not, you wouldn't well, have maybe, been. Maybe you I would, could see how he could be oh, great. Oh, then he's on, in that, that oh, monkey many. movie? Monkey What's Bone? That? Oh, George hate, of the Jungle? Oh my gosh. Oh, oh. I hate that movie. <laughs> so, but, but I haven't monkey seen bone? the movie. I haven't but yeah, that's a tough one. You were not on board since Encino Man, like Dan and I were. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there it is. I mean, we, you know, I guess we're predisposed to loving everything he does. That's great. I mean, because... but it is funny. So, so on, on their episode and you know what, I'm keeping this in the episode. This is going to be like post-credit scene. <laughs> so, oh, great. so for listeners, this is a uh, 90 under 90, but you have to sign up for their Patreon <laughs> to hear their Pulp Fiction episode. And in that episode, uh, Jeremy and Dan were both just like, yeah, they, I don't remember why you mentioned Brendan Fraser, but you just brought him up and you said, Hey, you know, unanimously, everyone agrees. He's great. And Uh-oh. everybody loves him. <laughs> to which I said, well, meet Jordan McCaw. She does not love him. <laughs> hey, and then I just fine. rudely confronted her, uh, yeah. in a, in, um, in a, in a very, uh, attacking manner. Brendan, Brendan Fraser was, uh, Vincent Vega in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Oh, that's everybody, right. That's, everybody that's knows what that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. So it's relevant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love him in that movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's dancing with Uma Thurman. It's great. Yeah. yeah. How could you not like that? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so uh, see you later, everybody. That's the end of the episode after the post-credit <laughs> scene. Now we can actually record the episode. What do you guys think? Let's do All it. All right.